0: Hi, this is Larry Hama, and you're listening to Star Joe's podcast.
1: From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend.
0: At, and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, and it's spreading far and
2: wide, who can turn to the tide? G.I. Joe, American hero,
1: G.I. Joe, Joe. fighting for freedom wherever there's trouble over
3: Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 154, The Drunk Awakens. I'm your host, Ryan.
4: I'm John. And I'm Robert. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm Shannon Gallant.
3: <laughs> and welcome back, everyone. Um, yes, you're going to find out why The Drunk Awakens in this episode <laughs> as we uh, talk about uh, Baltimore Con a little bit in this episode. Um, I figured it was a fitting title for, for what we faced while we were out there. I um, that was just me. Yeah, well, it's you too, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um but yeah, Robert couldn't join us. He he was gonna join us and then you know, you know how that happened, so you know. I can't even I can't even crack the joke on with him because he's not here, the fact that I put in for a commission with Shannon at Baltimore Con and got it the same weekend. So
1: Ooh. <laughs> Hey, at least Dang. you haven't been waiting five years.
3: Right, that's true. That's true. I did yours. I wasn't talking about you either. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so in this episode, we're gonna we are gonna kind of talk about Baltimore. We definitely had some interesting experiences, <laughs> and then um, uh, we're gonna talk about the Star Wars trailer that came out uh, just a few days ago, uh, which was pretty awesome. Uh, we have some listener feedback in the form of a couple of voicemails. Uh, unfortunately, Chewie did not call and leave us a voicemail. Uh, even though we we mentioned it, I think a couple episodes ago, how we haven't heard from him in a while. Uh, he was not the one that left us a voicemail, but we do have a couple good voicemails. And then uh, it's kind of freeform from there. So this is kind of like one of our suck episodes where it's just we have plans for future, what to do in future episodes. It's just we want to try to make sure all four of us are together uh, to to do those things. So. Um, So, uh, with that, uh, let's talk a little bit about BaltimoreCon. Uh, we did a Friday night recap when we were out there. Um, but from a, from a table perspective, Shannon, how, how were things for you? How was Baltimore for you?
4: It was fine. Yeah. I I think it was actually okay. Um, I I got to sit next to Brian Shearer, my anchor. Mm -hmm. He came up for the show. Um, that was interesting. Yeah. And, uh. And and stayed with me, which I was half expecting and not expecting at the same time. <laughs> um, but we had some fun, stayed up way too late, and watched the movies and drank way too much beer. <laughs> um, but no, the show the show was good, and, and I think we did well. Okay. And cool. of course, it's always nice to see everybody, and I got my hug. That was the most important yes, thing. you did get your hug from. I Jose got Davis. my Garcia Lopez Garcia hug. Garcia Lopez, yes. <laughs> um, I yeah. got what a beautiful
3: page from him. Yeah, I got a commission uh, from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so so let's throw out there why Shannon's bitter about that. <laughs> bitter. So um, we know your love for the artist. I have a love for him too because I mean that was he drew the character, the DC characters that Why's I knew. The greatest love of all. <laughs> so he, um, what, how he does his commissions is you go to his crock, you do his booth the first thing in the morning and you get a raffle ticket. And then you put your name and and your contact phone number on there and you put your name into the raffle. And it's like, he does that within the first like half hour, hour of the con opening. And then they draw four names, uh, potentially more, but usually just four names. And then they contact those people and you come back to the table, you tell them what you want to draw And he'll draw it for you. You still have to pay for it. But uh, his prices are, as you've mentioned in the past, Shannon, his prices are ridiculously cheap. Unbelievably. Yeah, uh, for the quality of work that you're getting. So Saturday, uh, I put my name in. I think, Shannon, you put your name in. And I think, John, you you and your son, Jacob, put your names in didn't you no, we, put in, put
1: we put in for Shannon
3: right. Yes. So, right yes I was trying to stack the deck in my favor and I still got screwed and you got screwed because my name was one of the names that got drawn <laughs> yes so I got the phone call was very excited and I had him draw uh Hal Jordan Green Lantern and, and yeah and did you come through for me no you still took it I still took it right you still took it I wasn't there for you <laughs>
1: Well, and then to add insult to injury, another guy that had come over but Shannon's table who picked up a commission while he was standing there talking to us got a call oh, geez. from yeah, at Garcia the, at the table. Garcia Lopez's handler is like, "Oh, I just got a Garcia Lopez sketch," so he he was going to maybe pick up something else from Shannon until that happened, and then he was gone.
3: So. Oh wow, I did not know about that. So. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, so I, when I finally, when I went to go pick it up, cause like you said, I was going for me. I wasn't going, no offense, Shannon, but I'm a big fan of his art too. So, <laughs> um, but, yes, they, but do you have a hug? No, I did not get a hug. So yes. And that was a little awkward too. Cause I was there when you got the hug because they didn't remember you and his, like, yeah, I couldn't believe that his handler guy was kind of like, okay, why do you want a hug? <laughs> he was like, How do you not remember that? How I don't know. People are hugging this guy. I don't know. Evidently a lot. (laughs) But uh, I think he'll remember you now. (laughs)
4: If he doesn't, I'd be shocked. Well, considering considering the fact that by the end of the show, he was convinced I was just stalking him. (laughs) Because remember, remember, John, we were were at the Bubba Gump thing. I wasn't. I wasn't there. Oh, you weren't there? Oh, no, no, I I was with Brian Shearer. Brian Shearer and I and Olivia Tian were at Bubba Gump, and he was there, and I got a hug. And then John, I was with you though at no,
1: you weren't the not. hotel. It was with Brian. It was you, Brian. It was Brian and Chris again and Chris. Yep, at the hotel where I was like zombieing. Yep. It, yes.
3: Yeah. So okay. evidently, people confuse me with Robert, and they confuse you, John, with Brian Shearer. Ah, so. uh, a good beard. guy to be confused it's for? He's a good man. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, and, and wasn't there like something where Shannon, you were like in, you had uh, Brian or somebody take a picture of you like walking behind where yes. he, Garcia Lopez was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it, it was Brian.
4: We went into the, the Hyatt, right? It was the Hyatt. Yeah. 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 And they have this kind of like breakfast area, Starbucks kind of station. And they have these like weird petitions. It's kind of like uh, Japanese paper screens or whatever you want to call it, but you see through them. And he was sitting there by himself. It was like in the morning before the show. And I see him and I recognize him from the back. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's, that's Garcia Lopez. So I walk around to the other side of the petition where you can kind of see through it. Yeah. And I'm just standing there with my arms out, like a zombie Frankenstein kind of thing, <laughs> just like a hug, like waiting. Right. And I stood there for like a good minute and a half, three minutes or whatever, waiting for him. He finally looks over and he gets this look on his face. Like, what the hell is that guy? <laughs> oh, it's him. And this big grin comes across his face and we take the picture and Brian took the picture and it's, it's like him on one side and me on the other. It's a very letterbox kind of format. Where wow. it's, and then there's this big wall in between us. That's hilarious. But That's Brian hilarious. goes, if he doesn't remember you now, man,
3: he's just got dementia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. uh, you'll probably be getting a cease and desist letter. Uh, That's what
4: I keep waiting for.
3: <laughs> or, a, or a, uh, what, what are they called? Uh, the, uh, where they you uh, keep your distance and everything. Restraining order. Restraining order, man. yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to frame it.
4: <laughs> I'm going to have somebody else take it to him and monograph him it, and then I'm going to frame it.
3: <laughs> I'll take care of that for you. Um, hey, come on. He's the – like. Uh, anyway. No, he's a great guy. He's an amazing guy. Um, like suit. Like you mentioned before, he's not bitter by everything at this point. He still loves he's what he so does.
4: He's so screwed. He gets screwed. Yeah. He did all that amazing artwork, and they use it on everything. Yeah. and they're like, "Oh, thanks, Garcia." Yeah, why well, like, not giving the guy a quarter, man? Yeah.
3: Well I even said to uh, his handler guy or whatever, I said, um, "You know, have they ever thought about making a book like of reproducing the artwork that he did? That was all the like the character profiles that he did back in the '70s and '80s that DC was using. Like this was the standard that all characters mm-hmm. had to look but look at." I know those. Those books are out there. They go for a ridiculous amount of money when you can find them for sale. Um, I was like, did they ever think about redoing that in a book? And he says, you know, we've talked about it because there is starting to be this increased demand for wanting to see that artwork again and everything. So yeah. I told him if you came out with a nice hardcover with those in it, that'd be amazing looking. So Well,
4: it's not just that either because he was, after Alex Toth left, he was the guy that did all the character designs for the Super Friends. yeah. And it's like, include that stuff in it. Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. He did a ton of stuff for them that defines those characters from a merchandising standpoint. Yeah. Doesn't get the recognition that he deserves.
3: Right. Well, and like I you mean, said, that, that was my childhood was that, how he designed the characters. That's the characters I grew up with. So, And that's how I picture the characters. Like, when I think of right. Batman, that's what I think of yeah. Robin, especially. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean the the uh, the gray with the kind of powder bluish cape is my yeah. that's my Batman. So yeah, um, and he's and he is how I picture my Hal Jordan, my Green Lantern. That's the character I grew oh, up with rub as, it in. as yeah, a yeah, kid. Bring that back up. <laughs> well, and because I want to circle back to that. So oh, okay. So when I went back to to get the sketch, his handler said, "Yeah, I had to stop him because he kept drawing because it's just supposed to be a head bust, you know head." sketch that he head does bust what's that yeah <laughs> head sketch of the character and he drew like the whole upper torso of how jordan with the fist up with the power ring and everything else he goes yeah i had to stop him because he just kept going and i says why would you stop him let him keep going <laughs> seriously <laughs> um but i got that from him and then like you said you got an art page which john found uh yeah for you and he says oh i got you contact- again yeah i got to contact shannon because he'll love this and um and then I got I got like a little character sketch of Flash and Green Lantern uh, that he had done uh, years ago. So, And I got that for a song also.
4: Everything is for a song. I yeah. swear, he is the most
3: underpriced
4: guy in the show. Yeah. You're going to get the best artwork for your dollar from I'll Garcia take, Lopez. I'll take but it. But no one pay attention to that and stay away from this table at Baltimore <laughs> next
3: year. Right. <laughs> um, it's all yeah. mine. Well, and the sketch I got, or the piece I got of uh, Flash and Green Lantern, I got it because, like, those are my two favorite characters, and I love the whole brave and the bold thing. So I was like, I've got to buy this. How do you not buy that? So I know you got, what, a Wonder Woman page, I think it was? I got a a,
4: a pencil layout sketch, kind of a thumbnail, like a large thumbnail for a Wonder Woman page. I got a Wonder Woman page, like an actual page that was still pencils from the uh, sensational Wonder Woman. yeah. That he did, that I actually just bought on Comixology. Oh, nice. And I didn't know Kevin Nolan inked it.
3: Oh, okay. Oh, wow.
4: Which is really nice. Even though what I got was just the pencils, I'm way happy with the pencils. But then I also bought two character sketches one was Batgirl and one was Catwoman, but it was done as Yvonne Craig and Earthling Kit Right. As Catwoman, which I bought for a friend, but he doesn't listen to podcasts, so we're safe. (laughs) Because that's his Christmas gift.
3: Oh, nice. Nice. Um,. Yeah, so so that was awesome. Uh I don't know, was there any other highlights besides before we get into the the drunken evening? Uh <laughs> that's the highlight. I know, but I mean and it's not as, me. That's no. the other highlight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, was there any other like uh creators from that weekend or anything else that you guys picked up or saw or did? John?
1: I uh, I had a great time and uh, I met a I met a new guy in Artist Alley, Grub and I were walking around and I think we were talking about Black Knight a few episodes back. Yeah. Walked by and I saw this Black Knight sketch on this guy's table. I thought, man, that's really nice. And I started flipping through his book and really, really liked what he what he had there. A guy by the name of Dean Kotz, K-O-T-Z. Yeah. He was out of New York. And uh, so started talking to Dean and I ended up picking up a shipwreck uh, piece for him and for my book. And uh, I know Grubb got a couple things. And I think, uh,
3: Ryan, you got – Yeah. You got uh, Cody. I mean, uh, to, actually, or, actually, I got Captain Rex. Rex. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I had him do a Captain Rex sketch after I saw your guys shipwreck and and uh, I can't. What did Grub get? He got Grub got
1: a, a bat. bat
3: yeah. Or, or, or
1: all I know is it had like it had cover or it had Covergirl's carcass on it. I had bodies piled up. I mean, yeah. the guy, the guy did really nice work. It was awesome. It was yeah. really cool. That's, so. Has he done other stuff? Has he done professional stuff? He, he's got a few published independent things. Yeah, that, um, that was
3: about it. Yeah,
1: but uh, yeah, I just like I said, just kind of happened to stumble on his stuff over on the other side of Artist Alley. But uh, mm-hmm.
3: that was pretty much. Uh, and he was
1: pretty much the extent of my pickups, I
3: think. And for the quality of work that he did, uh, the what he charged was like ridiculously cheap. Um, and for me, what he did was he had uh, it was Captain. I asked him to do Captain Rex, so he did it overnight. Mm-hmm and was finishing it up on Sunday morning, and it was like Captain Rex in a jungle scene, and he had super detailed, like, trees around, and he even put, like, a couple other clone troopers in the background, and there was, like, a lizard in the front with, like, two tails, and it was just so detailed and so awesome that I was like... because yeah, everyone else ripped you off. They did. I did. Especially uh-huh. this guy named Shannon. Yeah.
1: Son of a bitch.
3: <laughs> no. Honestly, Shannon, uh, mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. of the Jose mm-hmm. Garcia mm-hmm. Lopez piece... Mm. your piece mm-hmm. was was my favorite from that weekend because of of the personal touch you put into it so mm. so what people uh just so people know what i was doing was i started a sketchbook of 80s properties like cartoons and and whatnot and uh by the way i want another shot at that okay hey absolutely there are too many
4: properties in that book that I I want to shout
3: at. <laughs> so, to let everyone out there know what I did was I took a I took a bunch of properties and I picked two characters from each property. In some cases some of the bigger properties like Transformers and G.I. Joe, I took two characters that were good guys and two characters that were bad guys, but then in a lot of the other ones I just picked two characters. And I picked some pretty obscure stuff uh from the 80s. Um, you pick some really, really obscure stuff. Yeah. But <laughs> stuff it's all, I had never seen before
1: I looked at your reference book, just so we're clear. Yeah,
3: but it's all stuff that I do know and that I do love. And there's stuff that, like, I know when Brian Sher was looking at it and when you were looking at it, Shannon, you were like, oh, my God, I would love to draw this character. I'd love to draw oh, yeah. this character. So, um, so one of the uh, – and then what I did also was because it's such a, obscure stuff was I had reference sheets for every single character that I – wanted in the book so um so I had told Shannon in advance that I wanted uh th- him to do Thundar the Barbarian because I knew he had a love for that cha- I knew he had a love for the character I have a love for the character and I was I thought that would just be a great uh piece so uh Shannon did not only did Thundar but he did Ukla and and Ariel in in the background with her her magic and Ukla's holding a tire over his head and Thundar is saying like great lords of light uh or Lords of Light, it's a uh, uninked tires <laughs> graveyard or something along those lines, um, which just cracked me up, but also worked for the character I thought because it is a post-apocalyptic world, so I could see him running into a tire graveyard. <laughs> There's still a tire fire going on somewhere, two thousand years <laughs> in the future. Right, exactly. So, and then I had Brian Shearer drew Ace McLeod of the Centurions, and I think he was kind of in the same boat as you, Shannon, where he was like, he said to me, he's like, "There's at least four or five characters here that I want to draw." Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I might have to hit him up again too to see if he wants to draw another character in there because he did an amazing job as well. So, no, I know, I know
4: he really enjoyed drawing that. Yeah, because the whole time he was doing it, I was we were talking, and he was. Like, this is the the coolest thing, man.
3: (laughs) Well, and I figure a lot of the artists that I'm going to ask to do stuff, like, probably are are now going to be of the generation that's going to know who some of these characters are. And even if they don't, like, some of them I think are. Yeah. Well, I only saw Thundar on videotape because I was so young at
4: the time. Right. Right. I I, I wasn't born when it was on originally. Right. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Lion sack of shit. What? (laughs) What? What? <laughs> um but no I mean I, I and by the way John speaking of obscure things I did have somebody I think on Facebook reach out to me and said uh, or no, I think it was Twitter actually. They were like, is this what you were referencing when you were talking about adventures of the galaxy Rangers? And he sent me a picture of like the DVD box or something like that. Oh, cool. And nice. I said, I said, yeah, that's exactly what I was referencing. And if you have that and you've watched it, then you are welcome to come on the show when we, when we talk about it. So. That's cool. <laughs> I did. And you're I, the I, only I, one we know of. Right. <laughs> I should
1: mention, I picked up one other piece. I, I don't think we talked about it Friday night, but, um, Stephen Burks, who's a local Richmond guy that I've gotten to know over the last few years from Iconograph Studios, uh, I have wanted him to do a watercolor of Serpentor for a long time, and we've mm-hmm. never been able to make it work because he travels almost as much, probably travels more than I do. Uh, but he happened to be up in Baltimore, and so he knocked out—he knocked it out of the park. And I know some of those guys listen to the show. I think so, nice. Stephen. If you are listening, it—I uh, appreciate that. It was exactly what I wanted. But uh, it was a good
4: sketch. I saw it.
1: Yeah. It was really it was nice, nice piece. I
3: was really pleased. So. Um, next episode, I will have. I want to, I did get his uh, business card, but Nick and I found this one artist, uh, and I think John. I sent you pictures that he did like a Kit Fisto head piece uh, for me, and he did a Batman for Nick. Yes. And this guy was just a very unknown, and we walked by his table, and I think on Saturday when we walked by his table, he was doing pencil sketch head sketches for five dollars. And inked head sketches for, like, 15 and the next day he must have gotten so much business that the next day he upped him all, all of his prices by $5 more dollars. <laughs> But totally worth it. Like, um, the Kit Fisto he did for me, I have a Star Wars sketchbook for the listeners out there that I've already started, and I think I added, like, three more pieces to that sketchbook uh, at Baltimore, and, yeah, this Kit Fisto is probably one of the best pieces in there. Um, and he said he loved doing it. But I was, I was blown away when I saw the work that he did on it. So, um, and he did it, like, I think within a half hour to an hour of me asking him to do it. So it was, it was a really nice piece. Um, the other thing that I did pick up is uh, I picked up a, an original art page from Andrew Griffith, who draws uh, Transformers. And the page I got was the last splash page of, uh, I think it's issued, uh, I'm trying to remember, I know I'm going to screw up, but it's the issue where Marissa Fairborn is first introduced into the comic. So Marissa Fairborn is the daughter of Flint and Lady J, uh, so it's a character that I I like a lot. And this, as far as I know, this is her first appearance in comic books. So I was very excited to get that page. Um, I will be having that framed and hanging up in the, the studio here, uh, in the near future. Um, and I actually talked to Andrew also and said, we, we have to have him on the show again sometime in the future. He goes, yeah, anytime. He says, I'd love to con. He says he had a good time when he was on last time. So, um, and speaking of talking to people that might come on the show, I also talked to Mark Wade and, uh, Told him about the show, and I said we'd love to talk to him about uh, his work on Princess Leia, and he's like, "Yeah, absolutely." He his only stipulation was when I I was going to try to interview him at the show at Baltimore Con, but he just never stopped being busy, uh, and I told him I would not take up his time if his table was was busy. So uh, I approached him at near the end of the show, and he said if I contact him about a month after the show. Uh, that's when his tour, his contour should all be done. And uh, he'd be happy to, to arrange a time to come on the show and do an interview. So uh, probably within the next week, I'll be sending him that email and we'll, we'll see if we can get him on the show to talk about a lot of his work. So uh, I will definitely fanboy out when, hap, when we have him on the show because I'm a huge fan of his writing. So, um, and I got to meet definitely one of my, primary two of my primary people that i had to get autographs from when i was there was darwin cook who i am a huge fan of his artwork uh and we will be talking about artists in the in the near future in an episode and then i also had to get an autograph from marv wolfman because i had uh uh george perez actually sign my christ of the infinite earth absolute edition so i had to get marv wolfman to sign it as well so so those those were all my highlights which was- well, now we got to talk about the biggest highlight of yes. the weekend,
1: one of the funniest <laughs> things that's happened. Yeah, because it was it it, it, it
3: it was tremendous. Yes, so I will set up what what where we went uh so it was <laughs> and then you guys can certainly take over as far as describing what happened um so saturday night so we're going to treat this like a rashomon thing where it's yes. like the same story from three different
4: points of view right. <laughs> okay
3: no i'm just leading us up to where we were going when this all took place so uh so saturday night after the convention was over we decided we were going to go to what was it, the alehouse uh, which is a, across the street from. Yeah, it's the right across system. the street from the con. Um, so uh, it was probably like what seven thirty, eight o'clock ish when we finally got open. Yeah, It wasn't. It wasn't even that late.
4: No. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it was not the wee small hours of the morning or anything.
3: Well, I think that I think the con closed at seven. Uh, yes. Seven, oh, yeah. So it was probably yeah, you know it was close it was, to. Eight. But yes, the point some is some of us was got, got an one earlier start. In the yeah. Yeah. Some, yeah. some people got an early start. Yes. yes. <laughs> so. Um, so we we you know packed up and, had, and decided that's where we we're gonna go and we actually got seated pretty pretty quickly. Crick, yeah, I was actually For a large group. We were a pretty big group. We had like, yeah. what ten? There was about ten of us. Yeah, at least yeah. So, um, and that that was the fun thing of Baltimore Con too was just seeing everybody again. I mean, there was a large number of people there that, and it's why I love going to that convention is because there's just so many people there that we all know each other. Um, so yeah, so we they actually sat us inside inside the ale house. At a like a tall table, and uh, we placed our orders, and then the entertainment began. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you guys want to go into what happened and what we experienced, uh, take it away. <laughs> I think we should preface this by saying that
1: we had uh, we had different, you know, kind of different groups of people that all kind of congregated together.
3: One yeah, of the I people got you know kind of to point that out
1: people who were there. So, so you know, so so you know, obviously Ryan. And and Shannon and I were there. Mm-hmm. Jacob was there. Brian Shearer and uh, Chris, who Chris, does not get yeah. enough credit for being who he is because that guy is awesome. And then Nick Rock was in town for, for the show, and so he was there. Yeah, Nick, who and has
3: been on the show
1: a uh, while Nick was on the last show. Yeah, it was on our yeah. Robotech yeah. show. And Grub, of course. Yep. But our friend Olivia Ten was there, and Olivia... Um, I don't know. I don't think she listens to the show, but uh, Shannon has known Olivia longer than I have. But she has, she's super cool and she has some of the most amazing artwork oh in her God. collection. Yeah. She started, she is the preeminent Scarlet and Snake Eyes collector that I know. Uh, she has moved on to some extent to Disney pieces and is currently carrying a sketchbook that it just defies. Imagination
3: it, it, blows, it blows me away. When I was
1: it looking was, through that, it was stunning. And so, she, but she's she's really neat, and she's from the West Coast. So this was I don't know if she'd done Baltimore before, but you know, she came in town was actually volunteering at the show. So it was kind of a mix of people that uh, you know. Cause she was trying to figure out how we all knew each other and how we were all connected. But anyway, so she's sitting right by the window, and then <laughs> Shannon's next to her,
3: and, and then I'm across like, from
1: her, and then you're across from her. Shannon, I'll let you kind of tell the for that point because you you all kind of saw it at that point and yeah go from there so well it's it's one of those things like
4: no one will ever do it justice because it is one of those you had to be there situations sure but we're sitting there and it's it the window it's it the building itself is kind of like an old baltimore building yeah it looks like something that ought to be on sleepy hollow kind of yeah situation and the window is one of those kind of um it extends out from the from the face of the building. It's like a big like
3: window a little bit. Yeah,
4: exactly. So we're sitting there, and we're at this long table, and the table goes right up against where there, there's kind of like a small shelf-type uh, thing. Shelf thing, and then the window. And we've all got our bags stacked up, and Olivia's sitting next to me, and she's right up against the window. And I don't know who noticed it first, but somebody's like... Who is that dude? What, what's up with that dude? And we all look out the window, and there's this guy who is so blotto. And he's standing outside the window, and outside the bar – And standing kind of might a, be an, an overstatement. <laughs> yeah, that, that's an overstatement. That's giving the guy a lot of credit. It's, there's The way the building is situated, It's so it's really far back from the road. So there's this giant wide sidewalk. And they've set barrels out as kind of makeshift tables for people to stand outside and drink and smoke and do whatever. Well, this guy's kind of meandering and weaving through the barrels. Like, like think, he doesn't know quite thomp where thomp he's thomp going. Head, and and of. that's a movement. That's the movement the guy had. He was kind of, like, swaying to one side, swaying to the other. And he had this look on his face like he had no idea where he was. Right. And the best bit was when he would stop, he would actually just start to sink down into his <laughs> ankles. Like, his legs would just kind of collapse beneath him slowly. You like we were someone expecting was, him at any moment just to fall over. Yep, yeah. Yeah, it was like someone was letting the air out of him, like if, <laughs> yes. if he was just blown up doll or something. And then he kept staggering slowly toward the window, kind of making his way toward the window. Yep. And we're all talking about how, oh, he's like the walking dead, man. He's like a zombie, which starts to freak Olivia out because she's one of those people, like, all you have to do is say Dracula or Frankenstein, and she starts to scream. You know, she's one of those. And the guy keeps getting closer to the window. I'm like, ah, it looks like he's going to fall through the window, which puts her in a total panic. Right. Right. And Olivia's freaking out, and the guy keeps getting closer and closer. And closer. And she's freaking out to the point where she's literally climbing up the side of my on my arm. I keep thinking she's going to go from my shoulders and stand on top of them and start howling like a monkey or something. <laughs> and the guy keeps getting closer to the window and she starts screaming in my ear. Right. Like we're in a haunted house or something. Right and i'm like calm down it's fine and she's like oh my god oh my god! and the guy keeps getting closer and then he starts looking for something like he's lost his wallet yes. and he thinks it somehow it fell out of his wallet uh, out of his pocket where he's never sat before <laughs> right. right there's a chair there there's a yeah there's at, at first i didn't see the chair yeah. he, and he's kind of like trying to sit down and maybe going to sit down, maybe going to fall through the window, maybe going to crack his head open on the sidewalk, I don't know.
3: Well, and then he also picks, he first sits down in the chair, and then he gets back up, and he goes to pick up the chair, because, again, he's looking for this wallet that we th- assume that's what he was looking for. Yeah. And we were teasing Olivia at that point and saying he's going to put the chair through the window. <laughs> <laughs> Which only feeds her fear. Right. Like She's already in full, she's like a DEFCON 5 at this right. point, right? And then I love how the, the uh, manager of the alehouse, he goes out there to check on the guy. And then he comes back in because he hears us all laughing and making comments. And he goes, is that a friend of yours? And we're like, no, we're just being entertained right now.
4: <laughs> well, the, my favorite bit was, so he's standing out there drunk off of his butt, right? Yeah. Trying to walk, trying to figure out where this imaginary wallet of his is. There's a table across from us that's another group of people. There's like six or seven of them. One of the guys gets up and goes outside to kind of talk to the guy, and he's sort of picking on him at the same time. Yeah. As he's standing there with his like marijuana his vape. vape, yeah, his vape, and he's stoned out of his mind talking to this guy who's drunk out of his mind, <laughs> and he's laughing at the guy like, "Yeah, man, you're a public embarrassment to yourself." <laughs> I'm like, "Really? Because you're the one you're the stoner out there with your vape in your hand, man." <laughs> Like the well, mini-bong is in full flottle or whatever, and you're you're making fun of this guy.
3: One of my favorite things, too, Shannon, was as the guy was walking towards the window, you were doing the uh, Frankenstein impression of, like, fire back. Because <laughs> the guy's, like, <laughs> waving his arms just like Frankenstein was trying to wave flames away. And stuff.
4: Well, that was the thing. Is I think he was so drunk he couldn't even see.
3: Right. And then, what was it? Somebody at the bar or the manager or somebody called... Uh, Call the paramedics. Well, before, yeah. before that even happened, the, oh, the, water. the manager brought, oh, the yeah, water yeah, brought yeah, a yeah. glass of water out to him. <laughs> so so now it's getting even better because as loud as Rock was with this, this was a <laughs> hilarious line. He was like, this is the, so he has the water in his hand and Rock goes, that's the last time I let Bill Cosby give me a drink or something <laughs> like that.
4: Well, and then the thing, he's got this, he's got a glass of water and it's got a straw in it. Yes. (laughs) he goes to drink it.
3: He's trying to drink it. And then he keeps shoving the straw up his nose. Yes. So he's shoving the straw up his nose. But then also my other favorite part was when we were talking about how he would be shrinking down. He would go to drink the water. And as he's moving his head down to drink the water, he's also moving his hand down. So his mouth never actually reaches the straw. (laughs) He just keeps getting lower and lower and his head keeps getting lower and lower.
4: It was honestly something that you would see Tim Conway do in the old Carol Burnett show, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It was it was so amazing that this guy how do you move
1: that slow? Right. And not fall and never fall down. But
4: and then, but then the, never the did par-
3: either.
4: no, he never. That's what what was amazing. He never cracked a skull open. I was well, so
3: disappointed. And he set he set he sat down and he put the water on the ground, and we knew that was just gonna be a matter of time before he knocked that over. And sure enough, he got up and kicked the water and knocked it all over. Um, and then, yeah, you were mentioning the paramedics show up. Well, the paramedics show up and they were like, "We can't find him."
4: He's sitting in front of the truck on the sidewalk.
3: Yeah, because he, he eventually had wandered down the street from where we were sitting. So he had he had gone down the street, and yeah, they didn't know where he was. And it's like, he's right there by the truck. <laughs> Cause, cause wasn't he managed that... to elude them
4: yeah. with his ninja-like movements of slow, because you don't notice me. Because it wasn't just
3: one paramedic truck that showed up. It was like two of them that showed yeah. up. <laughs> And so they checked him, and I guess they determined that he was finally sober enough that they didn't have to take him in. And he was—it ref- seemed like he was also refusing to go with them. Yeah. Um. And they can't force him to go. So, um. But he—he he amazingly became. It seemed like he amazingly, as then as that, this whole ordeal happened. He he got like more and more sober. Sobered up. Yep. Because he was walking a little bit more straight laced once. Uh, once he was yeah. walking down towards the truck. That's all in comparison to what it was before. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, for, I think for for one of those moments like you said where we uh, you kind of have to be there, I think we did a pretty good job of painting a picture for people. <laughs> Um, but that's also one of the reasons I love going to Baltimore Con, and if you get, if you get a chance <laughs> to come, there's always a story of you something. You like black
2: meat, right? There's
3: there's always a story of something that happens at Baltimore Con, um, especially if you're hanging out with the right people. So and, and, and kudos kudos to Rock
1: for getting Rock Junior to say that. Well, yes.
3: Oh, <laughs> he looked
1: at he looked at Shannon and said, "Do you like dark meat?" Yes, and we. Lost it collectively. But that, poor, and, but that poor kid had no idea what he was asking me. No. That was what was the funniest. Well, the bit best of that part. Was. The best part was as he was walking away, he turned around and did a thumbs up. and He goes, "Keep up the good work."
3: <laughs> <laughs> He's a cute kid. Yeah. He was oh, really was funny. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So we get to get to see Rock there. We got to see the DC Noise guys, uh, Mike and Daryl. But uh, Keith could not make it. Uh, and we gave him crap for it, but then we found out it was like his anniversary weekend or something like that. But, um, so he was, he was, uh, that's why he couldn't attend. Um, but we saw Chris Campbell. I saw, uh, I actually saw Shane from, uh, the comic geek speak guys. I ran into him. Um, just a lot. Of, I mean, just so many people there I ran into Michael, uh, Batesl. uh, Barb was there with Mike. So that was cool to see her again. Um, God, uh, you know, we, Alan, we, knew Alan. Him. Oh yeah. Alan was there. Um, uh, I got to meet Chris Ivy. Uh, who, yeah, that who, was cool. That was, it was awesome. Really
1: cool to talk to him.
3: Yeah. Really nice guy. I mean, I always had communicated with him, uh, through like Facebook and things like that, but never got to actually meet with him before. So that was, that was awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm sure I'm missing somebody, but there was just a ton of people that, I, that we Interacted with and ran into there that that's another reason why like I, said, I like going to Baltimore cons because there's just so many people that that's where we congregate every year. So, um, so yeah, any any other highlights or lowlights from <laughs> from Baltimore con or not from no,
1: me? No, it was it was a I, I it was a great it was a great show and it was really great to see. Like you said, it's a, a great congregating spot. You know, heroes and. Baltimore tend to be the places to see folks. And, uh, yeah. uh, it was just, uh, it really was a lot of fun. And yeah, the, the drunk zombie boy will, that's going to stick around for a while. And yes. hopefully the, there's a, a picture of us reenact, well, some of us on the show reenacting that, <laughs> uh, which will probably be the show notes. The show
3: episode but, picture, uh, yeah. But, uh, but no, it was, it was a really, really good time. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, absolute blast. So, um, so we did have some uh, listener voicemails. I figure we can go into that next. And then after that, we could talk about the, the Star Wars trailer. Um, so let me go ahead. Uh, we had a voicemail. I think his name is Adam. I know he contacted me in the past and said uh, who he was. But in the voicemail, he doesn't say who he was. And I had to kind of identify him through the phone numbers of times he's called before. So, um, so yeah, anytime you guys are calling, you know, say who you are. So I want to give credit where credit's due for who's calling us. Um, but let me go ahead and play that here.
4: The call is coming from inside the house. Right,
3: exactly. See if it... Hey,
0: guys. Um, I don't know if you remember what it was like watching Bo Jackson uh, come up to bat for the Kansas City Royals back in 1989, but it was something that whatever you were doing... You would just have to stop and watch because he would either swing it and crush a ball to the center of field bleachers or even if he struck out, you know, he would take that bat and just snap it over his knee like a toothpick. So it was, it was every hit bat was must, must watch events. Now that's kind of sound strange comparing this to that, but that is how it seems one needs to listen to uh, Shannon's turn on the mic. (laughs) Everything around the list, and and it comes his turn to say his take on things. You just, you have to make sure you're listening because he's either going to drop in something like that Baltimore story, walk around the streets at night, or, you know, add in a little extra line that the uh, window washer says to Scarlett over the phone. And then it might be something not hilarious. It could be something surprisingly touching, like uh, recounting uh, a conversation you might've had with Jeremy Dale, or maybe just a really good bit of advice, a uh, movie to watch when, when you're doing that. So I'm really pleased to know that Shannon and John are, are regulars now, which also brings the question, are they going to get uh, the character treatment on the icon for Star Joe's podcast, and if so, which Joe and Star Wars character are they going to each select to mash up uh, for their character drawing? Uh, yeah, so then that brings me to another question, or not really a question, but... 1981, someone mentioned the last chase. I believe it might have been Shannon again. Very Shannon themed, uh, voicemail here. But when I heard the, uh, the tagline of, okay, it's Burgess Meredith in a plane chasing Lee Majors across the country in a race car. I said, that is too bizarre to not give a chance. So I tracked it down on YouTube and the only version I could find was uh, it was a mystery science theater take on the movie.
3: So he the voicemail cut off there. He does call us back, but I thought it, uh, we, <laughs> there's enough there so far to comment on. <laughs> Holy cow. That was probably Holy one of the God. best analogies I've ever heard ever in my life. <laughs>
1: I kept waiting. I was like, what is this sports thing he's talking about? Bo Jackson and. Oh. Yeah. I I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. I've lost it right there. That was unbelievable. That that was fantastic. Congratulations, man. You broke me just like uh, Jim (laughs) broke. focus before <laughs> holy cow
3: so um so i actually made the comment that uh to some because someone was talking about the the things that shannon will say on the show and everything else i said yeah it's always entertaining for me because i don't know what chan's gonna say next much like when i used to do the show with chuck i never knew what was coming out of chuck's mouth next so, <laughs> so you need you always need to have that guy in the show where you're like okay where are we going <laughs> what- What ride are you taking on? (laughs) Great. I'm that guy. That's all right. That's a good guy to be. (laughs) But I thought that was fantastic. (laughs) That was, I I have to admit, yeah,
4: that was was brilliant. Uh, (laughs) I, I, was, I was with John. I was like, where is this going?
3: <laughs> oh like, Bo Jackson, of all people? Well, and the fantastic thing about it is, just like you said, you didn't know where it was going. I had already listened to the voicemail, so I kind of knew I knew what, where he was heading. But the buildup that he does, it was just like, the payoff is, is brilliant after that buildup. <laughs>
4: <laughs> even if that, and, and I'm flattered that it was, but even if that hadn't been, I would, yeah, that was brilliant. That was well thought out. I I would I would actually have to ask how much thought he put into that. Yeah. <laughs> because if that was off the cuff, that's amazing. <laughs> and even if it wasn't, that's amazing. amazing.
3: <laughs> yeah, if he just says, I'm gonna call up and and say how much I like what that Shannon's a part of the show now and if he came like you said, if he came up with that just in the moment, then that was yeah. brilliant. And even if he planned it ahead of time, it was still brilliant. So <laughs>
4: That, that, I just—it needs like a YouTube video with like a flag waving in the background and like an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> that was
3: brilliant. All right, so, so does, thank
4: you. All I can say is thank you.
3: Yes, that—that's a nice way to to pay a compliment to somebody. So uh,
4: I want so that on my epitaph. Is that too
3: long? <laughs> <laughs> we'll type it out. <laughs> um. So he does call back to finish up talking about the movie. So let me go ahead and play that here for you.
0: Yeah, so it was a mystery science theater, <laughs> and it was the first mystery science theater I have ever seen. Uh, so it's kind of a two for one. And I'm watching the movie, and I'm thinking, yeah, there's parts of it that are dated and they're a little cheesy, but the actual plot really had some eerie, uh, components that kind of ring true in today's, you know, socio-economical, blah, 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 society. But then there's kind of some scary deep stuff in there, and it's a pretty good movie. And then here's the other layer the onion that this is the first time I've ever seen a mystery science theater, right? Now, there's a show on Yahoo's screen, which I found when I was watching Community on season six on Yahoo's screen. It's called Other Space. Now, when I was watching Other Space, there were these two characters one was like the maintenance mechanic and then like some robot name. I'm like, oh, these, these two guys, these two characters here, they're the best part of the show. So I'm watching the mystery science theater of last, uh, chase. And again, sorry for the Led Zeppelin ramble on message here, but anyhow, I'm thinking that sound, I think Ro- robot crow or crow T robot, something and Joel for mystery science. I'm like, these guys sound a lot like, and this guy looks like that guy. So I did a search and it turns out it is the same two actors from Mystery Science Theater 2000 or 3000, whatever it is, that are on this show called Other Space that came out in 2015 on Yahoo screen. So, uh, if, if, uh, Shannon is a fan of Mystery Science, might want to check out that Other Space, uh, title. Might, might, enjoy the humor there with those two. But anyway, thanks Ryan for always, uh, being a great MC on the show and, and Robert's in, enthusiastic energy. He's got, you know, the enthusiasm of youth and John seems to be the every man and, and the wild card Chuck whenever he can come back, that'd be great too. It's just, you got quite the team. You got a nice little squad of five. You could start a basketball team. All right. <laughs> All right, good Like candy for my ears.
3: So he, uh, the ending there is because he is the one that called in with the, uh, with Christopher Walken, uh, the, the, in the time Uh, past. So, okay. So so he says like candy for my ears, but, um, so I liked how he he portrayed all of us. Uh, you know, Shannon's the Bo Jackson, John's the every (laughs) man, and, uh, you know, you got Chuck the wild card and Robert's the, the young and youthful
1: enthusiasm. Yes. Yes.
3: (laughs) So, um, but yeah, I I also like the fact that now that we have like a nice big group for the show that we can we can play off each other a lot better and and it was always fun having the partnership with Chuck and and then having the partnership with Robert but it it does add a nice additional layers when you have a a, a group of people that can get together and and we're an onion things. yes yes we're a stinky onion. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of us as a bloomin' onion.
1: <laughs> well, some of us are built that way. So. Some of us <laughs> are battered.
3: You're <Right? laughs> battered. So, uh, so that was a great uh, voicemail. I absolutely loved it. Have you watched that show at all, Shannon, or have heard of it? No, I hadn't, and I'm going to have to definitely
4: check that out because I, I love me some Joel.
3: Yeah, so I, I found it interesting that it ended up being the same actor. So.
4: I just think it's funny that he had never seen MST three K before and yep. that the one episode he watches is Last Last Chase. And that was actually from their very first season. Oh, okay. They didn't do that on when they got the contract with like Comedy Central or, or Sci Fi Channel. That was from their what they call the K series. Oh wow. Which was their very back in Minneapolis when they started out as just like a local uh, on cable kind of thing. Oh, very nice. That's so. That was that was when they were still kind of figuring out the feet for the show. Okay, and that's probably yeah. why he was able to find that on YouTube, also because yeah, that's the, that's the only way you can really see those because yeah. I when Joel was at Baltimore not this this year but the year before I asked his assistant, are they ever going to release those on DVD? And the guy's like, no. Oh wow! Well. Because he he thinks it's too unfinished. Okay. And I was like, that's the beauty of it because you see how the right. show kind of formulates itself you know i think of it as a great learning tool for comedians but yeah
3: yeah it's interesting that he watched that but i hope he enjoyed it well and that also reminds me from baltimore there was that guy at baltimore con that did a great mystery science theater cosplay there was a cosplayer that had like sir uh was it servo and uh Crow crow yeah and uh he had the jumpsuit on and everything else, so it was a fantastic cosplay. We got Shannon got a picture with him, so oh yeah, that was great. So that was really cool. But uh, all right, so we had uh, one other voicemail, uh, and this one came from Brian, who was uh, previously Sandman on the for- the old forums. So we go ahead. Is and- another love letter to me? No, I, I don't. Damn it! I
4: don't believe so. You
1: Damn got it.
4: You got enough love in that one. So. That was pretty good. I want that for my uh, <laughs> ringtone. Might be a little long, but I, I like have it.
1: to play this one for Mel.
3: <laughs> I know. I know, right? So all right, let me go ahead and play uh let me play uh, Brian's voicemail here. Hello, Star Joe's.
0: This is Brian. One day I'm gonna be known as Sandman on your forums. Well, I guess when you get this it'll be your old forums. But anyways. I'm sending you you this message from 1989. I just got out of the movies. I saw Back to the Future 2. It was pretty cool. I really like these movies. And I can't believe it. At the end of the movie, they showed a preview for Back to the Future 3. They made both movies back to back. And so now, they already have the next movie. I can't believe it. I want them to just show it to me right now. This just blows my mind. Anyways, I guess I'll talk to you again in about 30 years. Take care, guys.
3: Bye. So, evidently, Brian had a time machine and went back and watched uh, Back to the Future 2 in 1989. Um,. So we just recently had Back to the Future Day, which was the official day. I know there were so many freaking Photoshop jobs out there about, like, the day is coming, the day is coming. And it was always the wrong date. But we finally had the official real date that happened in Back to the Future 2, where they traveled to the future, which was in 2015. and The Cub loss. The Cubs did lose, so unfortunately, it was it was getting so close to being a reality. (laughs) Um, And I think a lot of people were pulling for it because (laughs) for for that the reason of that movie, but also because people generally like the Cubs. But uh, I love the Back to the Future movies. Uh, I was talking to someone the other day. They said if you had to pick your favorite trilogy, that is still technically a trilogy. Um, you know, what would you pick? And I said, I I think Back to the Future would probably be it because you can't really say Star Wars anymore because there's six, about to be seven movies in in the Star Wars uh, saga, really. And uh, Indiana Jones has four movies, even though I don't really like to recognize the fourth one. And uh, (laughs) Aliens had four movies. I mean, so everything's getting more than just three movies. And Back to the Future is one of the few out there that still just has a trilogy. Do you guys have any love or memories of from back uh, for Back to the Future, the Back to the Future movies at all? Or
1: you know, it's funny for me. I saw the original.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I never, I never saw the other two until late lately. Okay, it's never. I, I don't know. You know, it just never connected with me. Yeah, and it's really fun, especially with this you know upcoming Virginia Con. I'll get my plug in now. Sure, we're bringing in Bob Gale. We're going to show the trilogy at the local movie theater, and he's going to be here for the weekend and signing and everything with the IDW book coming out. You know, our promoter is a huge, huge fan. He has a DeLorean, he just got a bottle of Pepsi next. I think it's awesome that people have that love for it. I just, it was okay. I don't, it's, I I tell you what, I like out of all the movies other than Leah Thompson, I love Tom (laughs) Wilson you know who was uh you know the jerk biff yeah he had, for years you know he is a comedian
3: yeah
1: and i have a special play of fondness in my heart for him because he was a tuba player and he used to play tuba in his stand-up act when he was the first set he ever did on on uh on letter or um uh, on late night with i guess he was on carson i'm trying to remember it might have been on, probably with carson he played the I'm tuba carson. it was hilarious for me i mean and, you know but anyhow. You know, he, he even now he carries business cards. So if people start asking him questions about Back to the Future, he hands them this card, mm-hmm. and it says, "Hi, I'm Tom Wilson. Yes, I played Biff." And he answer He has like stock answers. You know, nice. Michael J. Fox is a lovely guy. Um, Crispin Glover is a, a little odd, but we were good friends. It's hilarious. But he did a <laughs> podcast. He did a podcast for about a year and a half or so called Big Pop Fun.
3: I remember you telling one, me about that you know, because yeah.
1: one of the other things is he's an artist. Yeah, and he's uh, he does this kind of pop. You know, like paintings of toys and paintings of, you know, stuff. You know, that you know, real life things. But his podcast, especially his solo, what he would call his solo shows, were some of the most. Some of them were so incredibly touching. They were downright emotional yeah. and brilliant. Just anyway. So having said all that, I like listening to him talk about making those movies and how it. It. it he never really thought. Well, I want to be a movie star. I you know I kind of act, but I'm a comedian. I want to be on stage telling jokes and yeah. so anyway, that's, that's a roundabout answer to it, I guess. no but that's, that's a good answer. Got, so.
2: Yeah.
1: So if you are looking for a podcast though, big pop fun, it's been off the air now for, he hadn't recorded in probably a year and probably over a year now, year and a half almost, but okay. that, it's uh, on Nerdist you can find it. So it was a great show.
3: Very cool. Shannon,
1: uh, how about you? I don't,
4: yeah, I saw him in the theater. I mean, I, I always enjoyed him.
3: Mm-hmm. I,
4: I think there are other people that obviously love them. Yeah. Um, the second one I thought was a little weak. Um, uh, but I enjoyed the third one just because it was more of a push on the actual time travel thing. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I enjoyed it. My, I think the first one was more complete, like a solid film.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: I don't know that I needed the sequels. Yeah. <laughs> um,
3: But anything with Elizabeth Shue, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and I I would say I'm definitely following the the ballpark or the the camp of, like, it's, uh, for me, it was a love of those movies because I I think I was probably the right age watching it. And um, I saw a movie reviewer recently that that reviewed the second movie, and uh, he was saying, like, and the second movie is my favorite one. And he said when he was a kid, the second one was his favorite one. But as he's gotten older, he looks back at it and sees how complex the second one is and how simplistic the first one was. And uh, for me, even though it's, it is very complex in the second one, it's still my favorite. And uh, one of the reasons it's my favorite, it was my first exposure to alternate timelines. Yeah. Like That was the first time I ever even heard of an alter timeline. and I mentioned in an earlier episode, like I still use Doc Brown's description of how alternate timelines work to explain it to other people. Um, but it's just, I, I loved time travel. I still love time travel stories. Maybe it's because of my love for back to the future and seeing it when I was a kid. I remember as a kid seeing the first one and seeing the to be continued and thinking it was forever before the next one came out. And here it was only a few years, but it it to me it felt like an eternity before that next one came out um and it probably was one of the first movies that they ever did where they filmed the second movie and the third one just like uh Brian was saying in his voicemail where they kind of filmed them together so this way they could come out with the the third one uh pretty quickly um but yeah i i mean Christopher Lloyd brilliant actor you know uh Michael J Fox brilliant actor in in, in the movie uh just played the parts perfectly well um And I love how the second movie ends because it goes back to that scene from the first one where doc Brown just sent Marty back to 1985. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, and he's like ecstatic and dancing in the, in the street. And next thing you know, Marty is running up to him again saying, yeah, doc, you just sent me to the future, but I'm back. (laughs) And then doc just faints because what else are you going to do at that point? So, um, like I said, I have a, a huge love for those those movies. Um, but like I said, I think I was probably at that right age to to really fall in love. And like I said, it introduced me to some things like time travel and alternate timelines and everything else. So, all right, you guys ready to talk a little bit of Star Wars trailer? Um, assuming that you both have watched it, <laughs> I watched it. Okay, Shannon, did you see it? There's a movie. Yeah, there's a movie coming out. Oh, it's this little. So this little—it's a low-budget piece that's coming out. Oh, uh, well, that's good. Yeah, there, it's all—it's a lot of like it's a little, fan film. It's a fan fan film, yeah. It's,
4: okay. They
3: they did a Kickstarter for it. Oh, that's good. Yeah.
4: <laughs> did we donate?
3: Uh, we didn't. No. no. Uh, found out a I, coaster. I found out about it a little too late, so. <laughs> oh. Pissed that. <out. laughs> Um, but no, the new Star Wars trailer came out on Monday Night Football I was pleasantly surprised to find out that it did not leak early because uh, that seems to have been the problem lately Is okay, who's hitting the fridge? I heard that <laughs> that's my job
1: how about this?
4: oh <laughs> throw down
1: should have hit mute, sorry guys
3: no, you're fine,
4: you're that's fine. All right. let, me, let me head to the fridge
3: okay, you go ahead and do that You'll I'm be going sorry. to toast
1: Keith Knutson with a Yingling Oktoberfest. Oh, there it you. doesn't have it. It doesn't have an APV on it anywhere I can see. So <laughs> I'm
3: going to guess six percent. So, so uh, so a funny little story was uh, my in-laws just traveled down to Florida. They they're kind of snowbirds. They they'll spend winters in Florida and summers up here in the Cleveland area. And we were just down there recently to uh, in Florida. I celebrated my 40th birthday down there and went to Disney World and went to Disney Hollywood Studios and rode the Star Tours ride on my birthday, which seemed to be the most fitting way to celebrate my birthday. Awesome. Uh, Welcome to the club. Yes, thanks. <laughs> Didn't really want to become a member, thanks. <laughs> um, but uh, I, when we were down there, I don't drink beer, but I, I will pick up like, my – I don't drink beer. I drink liquor. So, um, I don't even know her. I know, (laughs) but, uh, but, but I'm up for the challenge anyways, but I do drink, I'll, (laughs) I'll pick pick up uh Mike's hard lemonade. And that's what I'll have a lot of times when I'm down there. And evidently I thought I drank all six that were in there, but maybe I left some last time we were down there. But my mother-in-law sent a text message to my wife saying, tell Ryan, thanks for the Mike's hard lemonade. (laughs) (laughs) I would just like to point
4: out that whenever you're watching, um, what is that? The I don't know what is it captured on tape or whatever. Uh huh. The NBC thing where it's always the pedophiles showing up to. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They always bring Mike's hard lemonade because <laughs> it tastes good. <laughs> Are we still talking about the Mike's hard lemonade? Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Moving on. <laughs> Didn't they stop doing that because one of the guys like committed suicide or something? Uh, I don't know, but that's all the
4: reason to continue. oh I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. Plus, the sales of Microsoft Lemonade dropped <laughs> wow. to the point they're bringing back Zima.
3: Yeah, no, thank you. Ugh.
1: Well, no, now everything's got pumpkin in it. So, is there a pumpkin lemonade? Or
3: no, not that I know of. Oh, thank God. Okay, <laughs> I that's have not- just for a limited time. I have not tried the uh, the different flavors they have too. I think they have like a raspberry lemonade one and stuff like Are you that. You talking about Mike's Hard Lemonade or yeah. just beers in general? Mike's Hard Lemonade. Um, they still make that. They,
1: they have a pomegranate, don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah something. A pomegranate. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because again, it's not pumpkin. It's like, it's like vitamin C, and <laughs> right. like, oh, it's good for the heart. It's got those seeds in it. Because wasn't it? Wait, wasn't it? Uh, uh, <laughs> who was it that tried to eat the pomegranate like an apple? Oh, I don't know. wasn't Wasn't that uh, Daryl years or ago maybe. when they talk about that on DC Noise? Where oh, tried, I
3: don't know. Somebody tried to me eat up.
1: somebody tried to eat the pomegranate like an apple, which is wow. not possible.
3: Yeah, no, that's nasty. Anyway, no, they creep me out.
1: All right, I may have to ask him that because I swear I think it was him. But yeah, they look like an alien hive when you open them up.
4: I keep yeah. waiting for like things to <laughs> shoot out of it and like.
1: I agree.
3: <laughs> crawl across the floor. They do taste good, but yeah, they're weird. So. Um, but, yeah, so it just cracked me up because, like I said, she she sent a text to my wife saying, Tell Ryan, thanks for the Mike's Hard Lemonade. <laughs> <I was> like... <laughs> so, um, so, anyways, the Star Wars trailer. Get back to that. <laughs> so there was a lot more in this trailer than the past ones because those past ones were teaser trailers. So you really didn't get any idea of what the story is about. And I would actually say after seeing the full trailer... I don't know. I still, know. Know what the I trailer still yeah, I still don't yeah. know really what it's about. But I'm kind of grateful for that because I don't. I hate it when a trailer basically shows you everything that happens in the movie. Um, I don't want to know what's going on. I just want you to show me cool shit that makes me interested in going and seeing the movie. And I think that's what this trailer did. And I think that's what the past trailers did. Um, so I watched it. At, and this shouldn't shock any of you but I watched it probably a good 30, 40 times the night it it was released. (laughs) Nerd. I know. Well, what I did is I watched it about 10 times on my own, and then I was watching, they have a lot of times on YouTube, they have these like react to videos where it's like somebody is watching it and then you see how they react to it and then they talk about it afterwards. And so they would also show while they're reacting to it, they would show the trailer in the bottom corner of their screen. So I was watching a bunch of those, and then they would mention something that I didn't notice when I was watching it, and I'd go back and watch the trailer again. So that's how I ended up watching it, like, 30, 40 times was because of that. But And I've watched it many times since then, too, because um, I am a big Star Wars nerd. So, um, But we do see in the trailer we have... Uh, Ray, which we still don't know her last name, but she's like scavenging inside like I don't know if it's inside a star destroyer or an Imperial walker. Um, we see that Finn is uh, obviously part of the Empire, and he, he there's the voiceover where which we finally get to hear John Boyega's character actually speak, and he says, you know, I don't have anything to, uh, you know, I was raised to raised for this, but I don't feel like I have anything to fight for anymore. Um, he gets shot down. We see uh, Kylo Ren, uh, the, as Shannon liked to point out, the, the, which sounds like a hillbilly name. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he's talking about how uh, I will finish what you started. And uh, you see Vader's like, charred mask. And people uh, that might not know this is that what's come out already is that Kylo Ren is like almost a uh, a disciple of Vader. He's like, he's a fanatic of Vader. He, he looked up, looked up to him and no one knows that Vader turned at the end. The only one that knows that really is Luke and, you know, him telling, maybe telling Leia and Han and stuff like that at the very end. But other than that, like as far as the empire is concerned, as far as those that, you know, control the empire, Vader just died on the Death Star, and they didn't know that Vader was, you know, helped take down the Emperor or anything like that. So he's still viewed as this evil threat or, you know, a symbol of the Empire. So for Kylo Ren, he's, you know, he's someone to look up to and everything else. Um, Was there anything in particular with the trailer that you guys noticed or that, you know, had that piqued your interest or anything like that?
1: The thing Before that gets Sean. me excited, uh, the, you know, I, I have tried to stay uh, cautiously optimistic
2: mm-hmm.
1: because I think, you know, I, I think uh, I, I know how excited I got in 1999 and what a <laughs> letdown that was.
3: Yeah. Now, I will <laughs> and, say, not to cut you off, but I will say no, I did post okay. this on the, the group page. Uh, one of my favorite movie reviewers, Jeremy Johns, he had put out something out there about that particular situation where people said, you know, I was excited in 1999 with the prequels and look what happened. And he says, if you're going to take that mentality, then you should take that mentality of being nervous every time any movie comes out, because this is a completely different creative team than who put that movie together in 1999.
1: Well, and that's, that's a fair point.
3: Yeah. But again, i i was nervous in 99.
1: Oh, two was even worse or oath. Oh, one, whenever the hell that episode two came out. And Sith was okay, but you know it was kind of like ah, what a what a letdown. So the thing that and oh. I've watched, I've only watched the trailer like three times. Okay. That's you know I don't need to see it anymore. Sure. But the thing that gets me fired up is that music. Oh, yeah. with the Millennium Falcon and X wings and things I recognize, looking they don't look like CG animate. You know they don't look animated. Yeah. They look like real when they show that that shot of. Of the X wings, when Poe and uh, what's uh, what's Boyega's what name and Finn, I, and Finn, like they're like shaking hands as they're walking out, and you yeah. see that whole big you know that lush green space with fighters in it, and that's what gets me is yep. it that and that when that music hits and they start playing that music and you see the Millennium Falcon flying through stuff, and that, that I that gets me emotional. Yeah, it gets me excited. You know.
3: Well, and they showed. So, uh, so
1: like I said, I'm, I I remain cautiously optimistic. Okay. I certainly just the look of it is much more appealing yeah. than any of the other ones because they don't look like they don't look like they're trying to be animated. Yeah. They look like they've really thought this thing through to make it make it seem real. Yeah, and it seems a hell of a lot more real. Yeah, and, and, and again, I think just that music and especially the Falcon, yeah. those old ships, and then you see Han talking about it's all real. Like, holy yeah. crap, this yeah. is you know it's it's actually happened who i don't think any of us would have thought
3: yeah well and they sh- and they showed um they showed the the scene that you're talking about with the um the lush green you know where the x-wings are and everything else they've shown like aerial shots when right. they were still in yep. production of those right. sets so those were real places that they yes. were filming at which like you said to your point the practical effects is what i think they needed to get back to and i'm glad they got back to doing that um I also found it kind of interesting the line that Han used because I like the fact that he's talking about, you know, they're asking him, like, we've heard stories and everything else. So it makes it sound like the Empire has done their job by making everyone in the galaxy believe that, you know, when the the Death Star went down and the Emperor died, that that was just, those are just legends. Those are just myths and stuff like that. And Han is there to tell them, no, all of that was true. The dark, you know, the the Sith, the Jedi, uh all of it's true and which is also different from how he felt at the beginning of Star Wars, which is where he's right. like ancient yeah, religions. Like religions. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So it shows that he's grown as a character, which I love, but I like the fact that he says it's all it was all real. It it all happened. Because that kind of to me is like a little dig on the fact that they're now using practical effects also. Like all of, hey, for all those of you wondering, yes, this is this all happened. It's it's all it's all real stuff that we're working with. So um Shannon, anything in particular that stood out for you or Yeah, you all are nerds. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, it yeah. and, and drop mic. <laughs> um no, it was funny because we we were watching the game anyway. I, my wife and I will will put football on just kind of background noise. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, they're showing that Star Wars trailer," and I'm like the most uninformed person on the planet. I was like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> and so halftime comes up, and we watch it, and she goes, "I don't know. I'm 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 nervous about the trailer." Blah blah blah. I'm like, whatever, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to play cool inside. I'm like, ah! <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> So the trailer comes on and I'm I, I'm like John I've been burned you know yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the I'm the scarred lover I just you know I'm, I'm caged heart kind of thing right and so I really just I'm gonna watch the trailers I know they're selling me the best points and I'm just I'm not gonna let it get to me I'm just gonna see what what's going on see what it looks like I'm gonna go in objective viewer and, and I'm shopping for a car and I'm not going to believe any of your BS. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Mel looks at me at, at, at the end of the thing and she goes, what'd you think? And I honestly said to her, I was like goosebumps. Yeah. I, that was the first time. And, and I was explaining, I, I tweeted about this. I don't know if anybody follows my tweets, yeah. but when Stuart Eminem took over star Wars, the comic from mm-hmm. John Cassidy, and the day it came out, I ran. I literally ran like an eight-year-old mm-hmm. to the bookstore to pick it up. To the, the Lumberjane shop. Yeah, to yeah. the Lumberjane yeah. shop. We talked yeah. about that, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and the the trailer was like buying that. I felt like an eight-year-old. I, yeah. I, that's the one thing that I can give this. And I haven't bought into it. I, I haven't been following everything or going out of my way to find stuff. Right. I'm letting it come to me because I don't want to ruin it. I don't yeah. want to get overexcited about it, but I, I, I am honestly just kind of like giddy, like a little kid yeah, at the thought of it. And, and I'm not trying to name drop, but this week I got to go to Richard Thompson. Those of you that don't know who he is. He was the creator of cul de It's comic strip. And he got, he won the Rubin award for best comic strip. Uh, he recently got Parkinson, so he had to stop doing the strip, but he had, uh, a dinner and Bill Watterson was there from Calvin and Hobbes. Wow. Mm, nice. So I, so I got to meet Bill Watterson and we were sitting there and we were talking about, he, he was talking about the Beatles and how like the Beatles are the epitome of what his generation was and how much it means to him. And he goes, do you agree with that? And I go, well, I, you know, I, I grew up with the Beatles cause of my dad, but I was a seventies kid. So when you talk about that to me, it's star Wars. Yeah. And when I get excited, when somebody says something about Star Wars, I get giddy. Yeah. And as, a, as an adult and drawing comics, I try to keep it in check. Mm-hmm. But it's hard when yeah. I see those, those trailers now and when I saw Harrison Ford and oh, when yeah. I saw, you know, even Leah when she goes up and hugs. I
3: just... Yeah. It gets me going again. It gets yeah. me revved up like a little eight-year-old. Well, and, and I, that, think, I think they're doing it right, and that's why you start feeling that way is because they're pulling on those emotions, and they know they're doing it. They're, they're, they're bringing that nostalgic moments back, yes. and they're doing it the right way because obviously they are trying to transition into these new characters, but they're doing it the right way by bringing the old characters and helping that transition happen.
4: Well, and the other thing was is we were sitting there talking
3: about it, and
4: a daughter – of one of the guys that was in this group that was there mm-hmm. and her friend were there and they're uh, seniors in high school. Okay. And the minute I said star Wars, they got all excited yeah. and I said, now see, that's what we're talking about with the Beatles. The Beatles are still cool to kids that age, right? But star Wars is still cool to kids that age. Yeah. I was a child when star Wars came out. So it says something to it that that age group now is getting as excited about it as guys in their 40s are. Yeah. So that has to say something about the property. I mean, it. it, it I, I know there are Star Trek fans. I love Star Trek, but I don't see Star Trek fans get wired up. Yeah. When they know there's a new series starting or a new, new film movie coming out. Yeah. Maybe because there's more of it. Yeah. But Star Wars has that effect on people. Oh so yeah. That, that has to say something about it. That it still appeals to people.
3: Well, in my. Uh my wife like actually uh, was watching me as I was watching the trailer and she said, you looked like you were a little kid again watching that. And I said, that's how I felt when I was watching it. Like I felt like, like you said, I felt like I was eight years old again and stuff like that and watching it. Uh, Which by the way, uh, when I went down to Florida and uh, my parents lived down in Florida, I got to celebrate my birthday with my family, which was really cool. And my sister surprised me down there. I want to throw that in there too. I didn't know she was going to be down there. And when I went to the park, my mom's like, oh, I gotta go use the restroom before we start walking around the park. And I was like, okay. She goes in the restroom, and then she comes back out. And like five seconds later, my sister comes running out, and she's wearing a Star Wars The Force Awakens t-shirt. <laughs> and she surprised me for my birthday. So that was awesome. But while I was down there, I was talking to my dad, and I said, Dad, do you know if you took me to go see the first Star Wars movie? Because I know you took me to see Empire, and I know you took me to see Return of the Jedi. But I don't. I was too young for when Star Wars first came out, but I know they re-released it you know, uh, a couple years later. And he says, yeah, I took you to go see Star Wars. He says, in fact, it was probably the first movie I took you to go see in the theater. He says, you were about three years old. Mm-hmm. And he says, your mouth dropped when the big Star Wars came up on the screen. And he says, and I don't think your mouth went back up until the movie was <laughs> over. So he says, I knew from that moment you were a fan. So, um, so I, I love the fact that I was finally able to get confirmation from my dad that yes, in fact, I did see the first star Wars movie in the theaters as a kid. So,
4: and that's, that's what I think is special about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like the the Beatles thing. I think it's the, the one thing that it's, it's, it's one of those pivotal moments in people's history Mm -hmm. that isn't depressing. Yes. You know what I mean? It's not like the death of Kennedy or the death of Elvis or whoever. Yeah. It's, that was a great memory. Yeah.
3: Well, and when you're talking about the Beatles there, just a a little side tangent with that was obviously I grew up hearing Beatles music and, and liking it and going, you know, it's, it's nice music and everything else. I didn't become a fan of the Beatles until I went to college and I took a history of rock and roll course and we spent a whole week on the Beatles and I learned a lot about their music and what they did and what they were trying to do and things like that. And I gained such a huge appreciation for them that now I'm a huge Beatles fan because of it. So, um, and like you said, it, it take and so even though it was college, it's, you know, when I think of the Beatles, I think about that course in college and how, mm-hmm happy I was to learn that stuff about the group and everything so um, but yeah like I'm sorry go ahead
1: no I well if, if when we're done talking Star Wars I want to hear more about meeting Waterson because that's flipping amazing yeah
3: so the only other thing I wanted to mention when it came to the trailer was uh, just a couple small things one is I loved seeing the the battle scenes with the X wings and the Tie fighters. It was very reminiscent of, especially the Return of the Jedi scene in yeah. space, where you had just so many of them flying around at one time. Anybody uh, else looking for a shoe? No, what? didn't remember. That was like the big
4: rumor when Return oh, of the Jedi yeah. came out. That was there was so much going on that they actually stuck a shoe in the yes.
3: background, <laughs> yes. as opposed to like a Tie fighter. Or I something. do remember hearing about that. Yes, yes. Um, And then the other thing that I thought was kind of cool was at the end, they show the scene with John Boyega's character, Finn, and Adam Driver's character of Kylo Ren, like, going up against each other. And you can tell that Finn is not ready for this fight he's about to get into, because there's just, at the very end of the trailer, there's this look of fear as he's putting the lightsaber up. And I was like, okay, I want to understand, like like they're obviously getting to some depth with these characters. It's not just very surface level, which is what I think the prequels were in a lot of cases. Um, I think they've picked some quality actors to play these parts. I think they've done it right by bringing in the old actors. I'm hoping everything that we've seen up to this point, has not steered me in a bad direction. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping it's everything. I, I'm hoping when I I, I this, love that every Star Wars fan now is like a jilted lover. Yes, <laughs> you know it's it's like I'm going into this, but I'm not going to give my whole heart. <laughs> and I don't even hate. I don't even hate the prequels like some people do. Like I really don't have a hatred for them. I enjoy them for what they were, but they they weren't like the original trilogy. This one for me, I like you said, Shannon. I have a. That, that eight-year-old in me that's just like losing its mind right now because it, it, I am so ecstatic for this, but I am afraid. I mean, you know, I'm well, like, what if it's not the, good?
4: <laughs> here's the thing I have to ask because when you look at it, and let's be honest,
3: Yeah, we've had six films. Yeah.
4: Honestly, let's be honest. Yeah. How many of them are good? Right. Not as many as, as people want to count. Yeah. Because as far as I'm concerned, and I I love the property as much as anybody else, but in my opinion, there's only two good films. Okay, and I hate to say that. As much as as the third one wraps things up, it's not that great of a film.
3: Now, see, the third one's my favorite one. Really? So, yeah, the Return of the Jedi is my oh. favorite of all movies. Not because just I, of I Star think Wars it's just so so many of the flaws in it.
4: I don't know, especially with Mark Hamill, because like, some of the lines he delivers in that movie are just cheesy.
3: Uh, I don't know. See, they worked for me, but maybe it's because I was eight at the time I was hearing them, and the nostalgia just gets the better. Yeah, of me. I think
1: I think it's all about where you know that there's that age thing. Because for me, Empire is my favorite.
3: Yeah, yeah Empire is my you favorite. You know,
1: I I, mean, I I really I love star wars i'm gonna call it that i don't care what anybody else says you can call yeah. it episode whatever right i you know i love star wars but i love empire that much more and you know people say well there's no ending to it but you know and yes i get it there's a guy in mandalorian armor that really never does anything but he just looks cool all those bounty counters look cool you get yoda right you get you get some really you know interesting places in and hoth is awesome and yeah i well anyway yeah it's it's up there in my top probably top 5 movies yeah period but uh yeah i was never i like jedi i i love the speeder bike stuff especially yeah. but, but as well, far as it'd be, i would it would've been very interesting if they had actually done the wookies instead of the ewoks yeah how much different that movie would have sure. been cuz i think it would have been a much more violent it wouldn't have been cute right i mean well, oh
3: yeah and we, we got, got cuz you know. kind of
1: got that in clone in um sith i mean i was gonna say that yeah kind of got it but
3: if they had actually
1: grandpa grandpa was kind of
4: i mean that was pretty cool (laughs) let's be honest we got a little taste of it
3: which and it was yummy which which that reminds me uh going back to the the voicemail from earlier yes we are going to give shannon and john both the character treatments we've already picked out which characters are they're going to be so once they're done uh, Why does that sound like we're going to get raped at a sorority <laughs> or something? Like
4: Character treatment. What is what,
3: that? What, once their once their characters are drawn, uh, we will reveal what the combinations were, and people will be able to see them on the website. So oh, we haven't mentioned this. No, we haven't. Not on the. Oh, no, okay. No, I'll, I'll, okay. I mean, you can tell them if you want no, to. No. Okay. I want to see it. Okay. (laughs) So, um, and it's going to be interesting, as you can imagine with Shannon. Uh, Mine's the best. It is. Um, (laughs) So anyways, we have, uh, when it comes to the, uh, you know, going back to the Star Wars movies, we'll, I'll get into it a lot more when we talk about the movies from 1983, because Shocker, Return of the Jedi, like I said, is my favorite movie of the Star Wars movies, but it's also my favorite movie of all movies. What? Um, Yes. Oh my God. Um, it's just, again, I was eight years old. It hit me at the perfect time. The whole Java scene, the first 20 minutes of the movie, is like my favorite piece of all Star Wars. I love that whole Java scene. Um, shut up. Love the Rancor. The Rancor is my favorite creature oh in Star Wars. My God. I love the speeder bikes because the, the Biker Scout is my favorite uh, trooper in Star Wars that was actually. Oh, come on. It's Slave Leia.
4: Dude, seriously, it's
3: just, it's that just go. It's just
4: admit true. it. That's not even my favorite look. Stop, dancing around, Stop <laughs> dancing around it. Stop dancing
3: around it. I love it's the weird. lightsaber battle between uh, Luke and um, the with choir singing.
1: Save it for the 83 yeah. show. Yeah. yeah, But I, I yeah. will say in, in an advance notice or spoiler alert, my favorite movie of all time came out in 1983, too. But I'm not going to say what it was okay. until that show. Well, okay. I at least it's not Yeah.
3: I was gonna say the only reason I even said mine was because I don't think it would shock anybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, in fact, I think they'd be shocked if I didn't have Return of the Jedi as my number one. So um but yeah, it is my it's my favorite one. So you can disagree all you want, but that's that's fine. Fake outrage. Let's do it. Fake outrage. Oh, <laughs> I will because you are wrong. <laughs> um but no, I am super pumped with this movie. I do have my tickets already to go see it. Or Seriously, to go see it. You're one of those. Well, here's the thing, and I, I, we talked a little bit about it before the show started. Um, Great. I, I think this shows the age gap. It probably think, does. <laughs> yes. If, if you
4: bought your tickets already, you're, you're under 40 and right. you're skirting it. Let's well, be honest. I'm at
3: 40. Yeah. <laughs> um, but here's the thing, though, too, with it, is it depends on how you wanted to see the movie. If you were like, I just want to see the movie, and it doesn't matter how I see it, then that's then you didn't need to get tickets in advance. If you wanted to see it in no. IMAX 3D no, no, no. on opening weekend, you better no, no, have gotten no. your ticket in advance. <laughs> now, see, I just
4: I disagree with that, because I, I know what you're saying. You're saying you want the spectacle, seeing it with everybody, blah, sure. blah, blah. My point is, is I want to see the film. I don't want to have 15,000 screaming idiots. I get that. Going like, what did you just say? I missed that because all these fuckers won't shut up. Which is why I'll see it more than once. (laughs) Which is why I only want to pay 20 bucks to see it once. Right. I get that. And then I'll buy it on Blu-ray for 20 bucks and watch it as many damn times as I want. Right. And I agree
3: with that, too the thing that I'm saying is that if, if you're someone that wanted, wants to see the new star Wars movie on opening week, did you know, John, did you notice there were that tent of like,
4: if you really cared? No. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, you know what I bet it's going to happen is they're going to end up giving out figures at the first showing like they did in 97 for, uh, Oh yeah. For, awesome. for, for Jedi yeah. with that Jedi Luke that came on the package. was that figure still cost 25, 30
3: bucks. Or? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> but no, for, they've already said like, if, if you're looking to get tickets to see it opening weekend in IMAX, a lot of theaters have already sold out. So I'm just saying it depends on it depends on how you wanted to see it and when you wanted to see it. So and
1: how much you care and how much you. No, it. no. So so what? Let me ask you this because be, this will be I'm, I'm going to pose this to to you two. Uh-huh. What do you think the preview is going to be in front of it? I don't know. Is it Civil War? I mean, I... What are they going to put? What are they going to put in front of it? Because that would be a, a toy story one. four <laughs> could be. Well, um, cars no.
4: <laughs> cars be cars three no cars three it's going to be cars three because
3: that's the only way anybody because because civil war comes out in may so maybe that's what it is civil war would be a smart one to do yeah um i totally i yeah i would agree with civil war um i can't you guys are going to hate else. yourself
4: if it's cars four or
3: whatever, whatever <laughs> three. <it> is. yeah <laughs> yeah I will definitely hate, hate it if it's Cars 3. <laughs> um, but no, so what I did was, and I, we talked about it before the episode, was uh, it came out in Crane's Magazine, which is a, a newspaper about businesses and everything else in the area. Uh, it was that the Greater Cleveland Film Commission uh, had gotten rights to be able to show the film on December 17th at Valley View Theater, um, and make an event of it. So, um, I bought my ticket through that, which came, which you were able to buy those tickets like a couple of weeks before, uh, the whole Monday night thing happened. Um, and, and they, you get like, a, it's a commemorative t-shirt that's created for the event and a commemorative ticket and they're going to have uh, door prizes and things like that. So, Yes, Shannon. And I agree that when I go see it like that, it's going to, there's going to be people making noise, and it's going to be tough to hear everything, but I don't also don't plan on seeing it uh just that one time in the theater either. So I know my nieces and nephews will be coming into town for the holidays, and last time they came in or not the last time they came into town, but one of the times they came into town was when Avatar was out, and I ended up seeing Avatar in the theater three times because I was taking them to go see it. Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't a bad movie. I liked Avatar. Did you, did you take a catheter with you? No, it was a long movie. Ooh. Yes, <laughs> but uh, but I figure if they know I'm a, obviously everyone in my family knows I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So uh, if they have not seen the movie and they want to go see it, you better believe Uncle Ryan's going to take them to go see it. So I'm sure I am going to see. I know I will see it at least twice in the theater, but I might see it more than that if they want to go see it. So. Um, but I'm like you, Shannon. There's, it's very rare that I will see a movie more than once in the theater because I can just wait till I get it on Blu-ray and watch it at home as many times as I want. But Star Wars is an exception for me, so I will definitely see it at least twice. John,
1: John, do you have your plans already for seeing it? No. I don't even know where I'm going to be that week. I mean, you know, <laughs> my travel schedule at work, I could be in heaven knows no, where. India. Yeah, yeah. I could be in Podunk. I, no, it'll be in the in the continental US, but it could be Albany, Georgia. I am very Florida. sorry. We do not have the Star Wars film here today. <laughs> well, I will say that and for our international <laughs> listeners, I apologize in advance.
3: <laughs> well, I will say too that and I'm hoping you guys do plan on seeing it like relatively shortly after it comes out. Not well, no, that's funny because uh, not to cut you off
4: because yeah. it's, it's. I had this whole conversation with someone today, like this mm-hmm. guy that used to be in my neighbor and he moved. To another neighborhood. Uh, We met up for coffee this morning. He's like did you buy tickets? I'm like no I didn't buy tickets. (laughs) And he goes well when are we going to go see it? I'm like dude I'm going to wait until the week between Christmas and New Year's. When everyone leaves D.C. Because no one lives in D.C. (laughs) It's people that kind of reside here. And then go away and visit their families. Right. Yeah. So it's like the week between Christmas and New Year. That's when we're going to see it. Like 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning. When everybody else. Like the few people that are still here are in church, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go – that's when we're going to go see it. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, my, my in-laws will be here, and we can make it like a, a double date thing, and we'll see the movie and go out to dinner. I'm
1: like, whatever. Yeah.
4: <laughs> but that's when I'm saying it. Okay. I don't want anybody
1: – You want to go at, at 7 o'clock or 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning so it will be you and two or three other people, and you can run around yes. like a maniac. I get it. Yeah. No, you I want to hear the film. I want to see and hear Oh, you're, you're going to run around bit. like a madman. I yeah, am not. not like a madman. I
4: am not because I'm going to be, no, I'm going to be vibrating at about 9,000 miles an hour in my seat.
1: <laughs>
4: like I put the treadmill on I'm the the flash treadmill. I'm going to travel in time and be back in 1977 when I saw it the first yes. time in the
3: theater. Yeah. But yeah. So the reason I mentioned, you know, hopefully you guys will see it relatively not too long after it comes out is because once all four of us uh, have seen it and maybe we can even get Chuck on, on the episode for it, um, once we've all seen it, I would obviously like to do an episode just talking about the movie, just a movie Let's review see, episode.
4: That would be funny if we have all five of us,
3: because
4: mm-hmm. I'm going to go at Chuck. <laughs> I'm going to be like a spider monkey. I'm going to, I'm going to be up. What do, you mean up you're gonna, what do you mean you're going to go at Chuck? <laughs> I'm going to go at him. This That effort has never been on the show. I've only been on one show with him. Yeah, that's true. So I'm gonna tear him a new one. Okay.
1: Yes. <laughs> like a spider monkey.
4: Yeah, I don't. I don't care if we totally agree. I'm gonna play devil's advocate every corner I get, just to like tear him a new one. So so stay tuned for our uh, Star Wars ep- episode seven oh. review. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm gonna drink a pint of Jack before that yes. episode, and tear that effer. <sighs> like, I'm seriously.
1: Wow. <laughs> You're going to be gonna be just
3: like like Kylo Ren, right?
4: No, man, it's gonna be like the Tick. He's gonna need a machine to poop. <laughs> I don't,
3: and I don't know if, if Chuck even listens to the episode anymore, but he's gonna to need to listen to this one. <laughs> um, Seriously,
4: yeah. Three. He's gonna be like a three dollar whore in Mexico. <laughs>
2: wow.
3: <laughs> wow. So, Mic drop. And on that note. <laughs> on that note. Um. So yeah, so like I said, I do I definitely do want to do a movie review with you guys once we've all seen it. Um probably by the time we do that episode I'll have seen it two or three times by then. So Oh wait, is there a way of like
4: blocking out Robert's headphones so he doesn't have to hear me tearing chuck a new
3: one? No, I don't think so. <laughs>
4: I can just see him shriveled up in like a fetal position in the corner. <laughs> Robert will be fine. His he's, his delicate sensibilities.
1: He's done DC noise. He's fine. He,
4: he'll be oh, fine. Right. He's
1: gone up against Drunk Keith. He'll be our yeah. drunk, drunk. Drunk Robert's been on there. Oh, so
4: can we have a guest? <laughs> oh, drunk Keith.
3: <laughs> I, I want to break Robert. You want to break Robert? <laughs> what? You want to break everybody? You want to break Chuck? Now you want to break Robert? <laughs> <laughs> I'm evil. You better uh, not break me, or there won't be a show anymore. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you're like, no, you're safe for now. <laughs> for now. I have to get through Chuck and Robert first. <laughs> so,
1: so, t- hey, tell us a little more about meeting and Watterson, if you're yeah. comfortable doing that. Or, you know, I, I you didn't tell <laughs> me that. That's awesome.
4: Well, hey, I, I don't mention that crap, because it sounds like a name drop. No, forget uh-huh. that. It's actually, It's actually the second time I've met him. Okay. Um, The way it worked is, uh, like I was saying before, Richard Thompson, who created um, Cul-de-sac, and if you haven't read Cul-de-sac, you need to check it out. They've released books recently that are the collections of the strip. He started out as as an illustrator for the Washington Post, did kind of like editorial cartoons, and then started the strip called Cul-de-sac. And it's honestly one of the funniest strips I've ever read. It's probably the only thing since Calvin and Hobbes that's made me laugh out loud as a, as a comic strip. It's, it's seriously, it's funny. Okay. But Richard, unfortunately, got Parkinson's and is at a state now where he just he can't do the strip. Gotcha. Um, he won the Rubens Award, which is like the biggest award. It's like the Academy Award for comic strips. And the only other person that's won it, the only person I know of that's won it twice is Bill Watterson. And they actually changed the rules, so you couldn't win it twice after he won it. Well, he and Richard kind of uh, became friends, and he periodically will come and visit Richard. And I'm in this group that kind of knows Richard, and one of the guys that's in it is Chris Sparks, who headed up Team Cul-de-sac, which tied in with the Michael J. Fox Foundation. Okay. He did a book called Team Cul-de-sac, and they do drink and draws at the Charlotte Con, they've do him at Baltimore Con to raise money for Parkinson's research. And he's really good friends with Richard. And so he's the one that kind of arranges everything. So this past week, they uh, Bill came in town to visit Richard. Well, Richard also, before he got Parkinson's or before it kind of took its toll on him, he had actually worked on the movie Inside Out. Okay. Uh, oh, wow. A Pixar film. Yeah. So not only did Bill Watterson come in town, but Uh, Peter Doctor, who had written and directed Inside Out and also worked on Up, directed Up, was in town as well. So I got to meet him as well. And we were all at Richard's house just kind of hanging out. And we went to the Library of Congress, where if you don't know this, if people that don't know this, uh, this would be good to know if you ever make a trip to D.C. Two weeks in advance, if you notify Sarah Duke at the Library of Congress— She will pull the original art from Amazing Fantasy 15. Is that the first appearance of Spider-Man? Spider-Man, yeah. They have the original pages from Amazing Fantasy, and you can see them. Uh, So they pulled them because Bill was in town and Peter was in town, and so we got to see the original artwork from that. Um. And so we just kind of hung out for the evening, and it was it was interesting to talk to Peter because I kept kind of grilling him about animation. Yeah. And Bill's Bill's kind of a he, he's a nice guy. He looks exactly like the dad in the strip, except he's got a goatee now. But he literally looks like the dad in the comic strip.
3: Nice.
4: He's just kind of a reserved guy, you know. Um, much like very, your, much like yourself. Oh, <laughs> <that> We're <word, laughs> polar opposites. <laughs> But it's funny because, you know, in this trip, you kind of get the, the impression the guy's an accountant.
3: Okay.
4: The dad. Well, mm-hmm. that's the impression you get from Bill. Okay. You, you feel like he should just be an accountant. Okay. Uh, he's he, not assuming at all. Um, but he's a nice guy. He's very quiet. Um, and that, I, I can't really say more than that because that's about it. I mean, we okay. sat and had pizza and talked. It's a pretty cool
3: experience, though. So,
1: but, yeah, it was interesting.
3: Nice. Now you can drop the mic. That's that's really cool. <laughs> so. so, did you guys have anything else you wanted to to talk about? Uh, that, yes, everything on my agenda. But go ahead. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna rant. Okay. Uh oh. John Thurman rant.
1: I'm gonna rant.
3: Is that this a fake
1: is not this is not fake outrage.
3: This is real oh. outrage.
1: This this really? is addressed to what did to I the, what did I do now? This <laughs> is addressed to the folks at IDW Publishing.
4: From Micronauts.
1: First off, I want to congratulate you on bringing out two very, very interesting artist editions in the next several months. One being the Star Wars artist edition, which is going to have, uh, as I understand it, pieces or you know parts of the Marvel run from Simonson and Shakin and several other yeah. artists. That's awesome. Yep. Two weeks ago, you announced the DC War Stories book, which is probably the one I have gotten to be the most excited about since you started publishing these things. They're all winners. In fact, I don't know if you – I'm sure you heard about this, uh, Ryan, but uh, I got Travis his Uncle Scrooge book yes. back when I was in my, one of my trips to Columbus, and he was over the moon excited with yes. how nice the sketch was. So oh, he
3: he texted me immediately, yes. and he was ecstatic, and I was like – I was glad that he was that happy about it. So More than so, the Eskimo one? No, more than the really,
1: he, he very much enjoyed his, ice, his uh, Eskimos <laughs> oh, sketch yeah. as well, but the, the – the, the, the Scrooge piece was in the big Oversized Rosa book. and yeah. Anyways. Nice. So that's that's my friendly stuff for IDW. Now,
4: <laughs>
1: IDW, you announce Cobra World Order and you put out an ad that says S.L. <laughs> Gallant and Larry H-A-M-M-A. How you people don't have any kind of editorial staff smart enough to spell the guy's name blows my flippin' mind. Yeah, that blew there, is no, there, there. there is no Larry Hamama that I'm aware of that's ever worked on G.I. Joe. And, it's, it, and if that's how you feel about the property, stop publishing it. If you can't get it right, don't do it at all. Now, Micronauts and ROM, I was over the moon excited when they announced that they were going to bring these properties back. We've talked Micronauts on this show. Yep. I, I have a deep affection for that book. And for the, you know, for the stories they told and for the art, That's what July. do you announce on October 9th when you're at the New York Comic-Con? You announce Micronauts by Cullen Bunn and a guy named David Baldeon. I don't know David Baldion. He may be a fine fellow. But the fact that Shannon Gallant is not drawing Micronauts is a crime against humanity and utter <laughs> bullshit. I don't think anybody from that from – I'm going to hear it. Chris Ryle, I'm not going to send you this episode – I'm going to rant, and if it gets to you, fantastic. Now, Rom, beautiful book, well done, better than the toy ever was.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm getting Christos Gage writing it, which is interesting because he did a he did great work on Cobra, yep. and Paolo Valinelli is drawing it. IDW board people, his tank people, any of you sons of bitches that listen to this show <laughs> – that think Paul should be drawing GI Joe, and that he, that he no, <laughs> screw you all. He's not that good, and this is just indicative of the fact that IDW spends a bunch of money on the licenses and doesn't put money behind creators that are going to knock the knock the socks off of it. I am fed up. I've stopped reading GI Joe because you you don't have what? a clue you're going with it. I <laughs> I have had it. Larry Hama is not a person. Let's get that straight once again. He's
3: not a he, person? Sharon, do you agree with that?
1: H-A, H-A, no, <laughs> you don't want to know what I think. H-A-M-M-A is not a person that True. any of oh, us yeah, heard fair of. Point. And I pointed it out to IDW on Facebook. I know Diana Davis went one step further and shared it with Mr. Hama, who put it on his I – think, I think he put it on his fan page, which was funny. The point is – you people are supposed to be professionals. You've, you've had plenty of time. You've given Shannon a lot of time to get this book ready. And, and, well, you know,
4: not this last issue.
1: <laughs> well, we've been – we've you know this thing has been gestating for months, and the fact that somebody is not smart enough to get a marketing person to look over this stuff before you put it out, it just – it screams volumes of, of how you treat the properties that you have or some of your licenses. I don't know if you should give them up. I don't know if it's just we don't know what to do with them, but come on. They deserve better. You can do great things like the artist Editions. You're doing good stuff from what I hear on Transformers and Ninja Turtles and yeah. even Ghostbusters. I don't read anything else, but I, I had to say this, and I've said it. Put my name on it. I have no problem standing up for what I believe in. I think this is bullshit, and I've said it
3: the views expressed by John Thurman on Star Joe's does not represent the rest of <laughs> no, totally
4: can, can, I, can I say something though
3: yeah no go ahead all right
4: um well how, how do I say this I've never heard John that agitated about anything no I haven't either and I've seen a lot of situations where he had more than enough justification to sound that agitated usually at me but never them well, but the fact of the matter is is that you've taken someone who normally is completely in control yeah and put him in that state. I think you need to take a it's you have to take notice of that, yeah, because John is if anything and I've always said this to my wife, he is the most diplomatic person I've ever met, and he knows how to keep his cool, and he is obviously annoyed at what's going on there sure. and i think that says something and i i think he is a prime example of what other fans are feeling and aren't saying yeah so if I, anyone I, if if anyone from idw and i'm, I'm not you know because I, <laughs> I work for them and uh they've always well pay wise <laughs> yeah they've always been on time i'll just say that <laughs> <laughs> and that's about all i can say uh,
1: well, I, I will again. I I appreciate that opportunity, to, the venue that I have here to sure. say this. Um, well, I it was, your, up, it was I, your turn to blow up. Well, anyways, I, I have yes, and, and again, <laughs> un, understand this. I, I I have stopped reading any kind of boards. Um, let's face it. You know, those of you that listen to the show, those of you that know Shannon and know Robert, you know any of the Joe creators out there or, or other creators. You go to enough conventions and you spend time with people, you learn how the sausage is made,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right? And so, um, I I am as much as I'd like to go to IDW boards and tell people how they just don't get it. um, I don't think it's appropriate, and and you know, again, we know things and see things and hear things that other people don't get to see and hear, and, and people are just as impassioned and probably just as excited about certain people doing certain things. I have struggled, and, and you guys have heard me talk about this multiple times. It just it, it is disappointing to see what what I believe is a lack of, of foresight, thought, engagement with especially with GI Joe, but now to get Micronauts and ROM, which I'm going to give them a shot, sure, because I want to give them a shot. But I, I'm just very disappointed that you know, especially when I have someone on here that has done sketches and shown people, Hey, this, I'd be interested in doing something else. And here's, here's what I do that would certainly fit a book. Mm -hmm. The fact that there's no resonance at all, there is extremely disappointing. And I found Ryall's, you know, comment about the Larry Hama mama thing to be, Oh, you know, I can't believe I'm a 35 year old fan or whatever. And I missed it. That's just poor. Yeah, it's poor. And, and I'm sorry. Um, we all we all have professions of some type. Shannon, I appreciate you saying I'm diplomatic. I've worked in my field for a long time, and I've dealt with some extremely volatile situations and unpleasant situations because of the nature of my business. I learned had to learn how to do that. Um, I just I would expect a level of professionalism that I don't believe we see across the board. And so again, I get excited when I see artist editions that are coming. When the when the War book was announced. I, I lost it. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that is, I'm telling you, that is the one guys I will go buy because of the content yeah. bar none. I mean, yeah. the rocketeer one I'd love to have, but that war book is, is to me, I think is going to be very special. Um, so get excited about that and I see how they, there's a reverence or a engagement on some of those things that I'm not seeing other places. And so maybe it's not appropriate to shit on books that aren't even out yet. Oh, sorry. Uh, and, and, and again, they could be great when they come out, but I, I, I'm if very I'm, underwhelmed. I'm not on it.
3: I'm very, I'm right very
1: under. I'm very <laughs> underwhelmed at this point with what I'm seeing.
3: Well, and hey, and if it comes out and it is good and and you like what you're and seeing I, and like what and you're I reading, will, you would be the first one I know I that would come, yes, come back and come come say, back, "I will come back
1: and recant yeah. everything I've just." Well, I recant that piece of it. But yeah. well, and well, I was going to say two things a bit about me. Right. <laughs> that Shannon Gallon is a son of a bitch.
4: Right. Well, that I expect everyone to say. Right.
3: So, two things I wanted to throw in there. One was just a, a side tangent, which is uh, they're coming out with a new um, Rocketeer comic uh, miniseries that's, that's coming out very soon. Yes. Um, and that I'm, that, that I'm not on. Right.
1: That you're not on. Dave Bullock is on it, though,
3: and I, I
1: do like Dave a lot. And, mm-hmm. I, and I have some
3: problems. And I'm actually going to uh, read it, and I will say, and, and Shannon, you might lose your mind when you hear this, but I have never read a Rocketeer comic, so it'll be my first time reading a Rocketeer comic. I'm oh. so gonna kick you in the nuts.
4: <laughs> I want yeah. to read it. There's just you stuff. know what. You know what. I will loan you my artist edition. Okay. So oh. You can read it the way it's supposed to be
3: read. That would oh. be awesome. So. Um. No, and I've always wanted to read uh, Rocketeer, so uh, I. I'm anxious to yeah, give it, this it's a try. It's too bad it's not in print anywhere. <laughs>
1: well. So, Ryan, Ryan, don't don't start with that. You need to go back, and and I'm sure you could pick it up on Comicsology or yeah. You know, even, there's a trade of the original Rocketeer. Yes, there is. I can story. send I can send you a trade in yeah. Dutch
4: if
3: you would prefer. <laughs> no, that's quite all right. I, that's how I've got, much I I've love got the, got the a book. Hard, I bought I've it got when a I was hard
1: in copy Holland. I'd send you too. You've got to start with that before you. Re, not because the the mini series that that IDW have done, they are all very good. Yeah, I, I've yeah. read them all. They're great. Yeah. yeah. Some of them are tonally or visually very different looking sure. than than some of the others, but you've got to start with the con- with the source material. You have cause it's, to start with the Dave Stewart version. It's, okay, yeah. When we t- when we do our artist show, I'm going to gush on Dave Stevens like a son of a bitch. Okay. So. Well, and th- why did I say Dave Stewart? I don't know. Well, he <laughs> was in <into> the Eurythmics. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does, he
4: does. the coloring. When, did um, he color some of them?
3: I don't know anyway when yeah, well it's okay. and it's one of those things Shannon too it's it's one of those things like things I've never done read in comics that I've wanted to you mean read like have sex No. <laughs> wow <laughs> No, there's just ser- from Canada, you wouldn't know her. There's there's those those comics that you know like I've always wanted to read those. I've just never taken the time to read them, and Rocketeer unfortunately is one of those that I've just Ooh. never read before. But it's on my short list of things that I want to read. So um it's, it's an amazing book. Yeah, oh I believe it. I believe it. I've never heard anything bad about it. So um the other thing I wanted to mention, uh talking about uh properties and, and I'm not gonna go on a, a rant uh you know, to the to level of John's, but uh, to kind of ties in. Well, it was a good rant. It was a valid rant. It was, I a, think, good, it was so. a good rant. Yeah, it was a valid rant. I think so. Um, I agree. I think IDW doesn't know what to do with the property, and and they need to kind of get their shit together to put it yeah. bluntly. Yeah. so um, like gallant guy. Right. Exactly. Um, but I was gonna say, John, uh, for when those two titles do come out, the Micronauts and ROM, you know, at least for the first issue, like you said, you're going to give it a try. I think it would be awesome. At least any of us that do decide to read it, if we come together and do a review on it, uh, and whether good or bad, uh, just to do a review. So it might not be, might just be part of an episode or it might be a full episode, just reviewing those two titles when they come out.
1: I'm happy to do that again. Now it's interesting because the, um, uh, ROM book is going to be offered on free comic book day. Yeah. And it's going to come out in July. Yeah. And then uh, the, the micronauts, I'm still not sure when that, it just says like (laughs) in 16, it's still didn't say when. And so even then again, you're, 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 you're pumping stuff that you don't even have real hard dates on. I I don't know. Like I said, I just, I, I, again, I appreciate it. Can I review micronauts? Yeah,
3: absolutely.
4: I'd like to review micronauts. Yeah. I I'm all in favor of that, so as a bitter, bitter man. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um but You know what? You know what? Can I get Butch to review my Michael- green? Sure. <laughs> oh, can we get Butch
1: guys on here?
4: We could try. I, oh. I would I would try, but Butch is yeah, he's a Yeah, he's, he's a grumpy old sailor. <laughs> I love him to death, but he is a grumpy old sailor. <laughs> But, uh, oh, but yeah. he is talking. Unless something happens, he is talking about being at Charlotte next year.
1: Oh, cool. Damn it! Son of a... Because oh. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to be there real, oh. more than likely. Are you going to give him a- Oh, you're, you're
3: killing me, Smalls. If, but- if,
4: if Butch is in Charlotte, we'll have to see if we can con him into doing a podcast. Yeah.
3: Oh. Um, But, I, I mean, Sean, you know I have a huge love for the Micronauts. I have a love for Rom. I had actually the Rom toy when I was a kid growing up so i have a love for both those properties so yeah i want to see them done right as well tied into that and like i said it's another issue that i have where um i don't think the the company that's publishing it knows what to do with the property and that's with voltron dynamite came out with their voltron mini series i thought the artwork was piss poor in it the story started off decently, but it fell apart. The wheels fell up off of it after just a few issues. Um, and I thought they just did a horrible, horrible job with it. So then they were like, well, it didn't sell, so they didn't do anything for a while. Then they did the crossover with Robotech, which I thought was a decent comic. wasn't great, but it was decent. And then they came out with this story called From the Ashes. And I read the first issue of From the Ashes, and it wasn't bad. The, the writing was good, but they went and they're trying to introduce brand new characters. They only had the original cast in for like the first few pages. So the original characters uh, of the pilots and everything else. And now it's like this team. It's just so cliched of a story. It's this team of new pilots. They're trying to test different groups to see if they're worthy of Voltron. And in 200 years, no team has been worthy. And of course, there's this team right now that is part of the competition that they're just a a bunch of misfits that don't get along. And of course that's going to be the team that is going to be worthy in the end. Please please tell me, Uh, please tell me their
1: name. At least a couple of them are named Wayne and Garth.
3: No, (laughs) (laughs) but it's just, it's just one of those things where it's, it just follow it's following such a cliched story that, and the artwork's a lot better than it was, but it's still not great. Um, so I was, I've just been very disappointed with what Dynamite's done with Dynamo uh, with Voltron. Cause I feel like they're just not putting much effort in and then it's going to just pass along to another publisher at a later time, which
4: I think can, just, can I fun. throw out a question?
3: Yeah. Okay. So John, John mentioned
4: this earlier and this was before we were on the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of a mini plug, but anyway, I'm working with, uh, American mythology. It's a small startup company. Yeah. And they've gotten the rights for Pink Panther yeah. or MGM. They've gotten the rights for the MGM animation stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I'm getting the chance to write and draw my first, well, to write my first story, which is for Pink Panther. Yeah, Th-
1: this is and breaking news, folks. Breaking news. Breaking news. Yes. Breaking, yes. Breaking news.
4: Um, so this was the the thing that that the publisher and I have been bouncing around because he and I have been talking about this and how to approach it. And because of what you're saying with Voltron and, and so forth, I'm approaching it with the sense of, okay, as a reader, what I want to see is a continuation of what I enjoyed. Yeah. So I don't want, like, for Voltron, if we were to take Voltron as the example, I don't want to see a new team. Right. I want to see the original team. Right. In New Adventures. Yes. Is, is that, as a fan, when people buy properties and start publishing properties— is that what you're looking for? Yes. Or are you looking for a new take on the original properties?
3: Me, I can only speak for myself personally, but I, I think this is how a lot of fans approach it: is they are they want exactly what you're referring to, which is I don't need you to rehash the origin story and, and rehash stories that have already been out there. Um, I want to take you to take the original concept and I want you to take the original characters and tell me new stories with them. Um, I think that Wildstorm did a great job of that with the Thundercats. I think that uh, Devil's Due did a great job of that with Voltron. They had the Voltron property for a while, and it was it was Lance and Keith and Pidge and Hunk, and, but it was new adventures with them. Uh, that's the stuff I love from a nostalgic point and from wanting to read it, is here's the characters I love. And here's new adventures with them. That's what you, I want. Do you think
4: the Larry Hema series not included? Mm-hmm. Do you think that's been the problem with all the IDW G.I. Joe books?
1: Now, I, well, I, go I ahead. want to interrupt. Yeah, go ahead. Cobra got it right. Mike Costa and Christos Gage yes. got it right because they gave you an interesting story that had characters you knew in a very different tone it's not a. It's not real American hero. It's not even close. That one got it right, but the other ones were just meandering. Nothing. They didn't have a point. I'm sorry. They did not go anywhere because everybody's writing to a trade. I don't want a six or eight issue arc that doesn't go
3: anywhere. Yeah. When they and, started, and I, when they started, I think that they had a direction of where they were going, which is why those early issues of IDW's run of GI Joe worked so well. But when you got farther into it, it was like they didn't know where to go with it after that. And you could tell in, to John's point, you could tell in the stories that it seemed like they lost their way as far as what was the point of these stories. Like, where are we going with this?
4: Okay, so so, so with the exception of, like you were saying, that the, uh, Devil's Due got the Voltron thing, right? Mm-hmm. And well, the Wildstorm Storm.
3: With Thundercats. With, with
4: Thundercats. Are there other books that you looked at and you said, "Okay, these guys got the properties and they did it the way it should be done"?
3: Yeah. Like, uh, what, what are some of the ones that you would? Well, Transformers.
1: A lot of that Tra- is good.
3: Yeah, Transformers. I- IDW's run on Transformers has done very well. I think that the new IDW Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has done very well because mm-hmm. uh, they didn't rehash uh, everything. But I think it's kind of a. Uh, it's just to John's point. It's characters you knew. And it was it was going without you know it was going in a direction with them without trying to um, do something completely different, uh, which is like I said that's the problem with the dynamite one is that they're trying to do something completely different with a completely new team of characters and that's what's throwing me off. Um, the other thing is another example is uh, DC's uh, He Man in the Masters Universe. I think they're doing a fantastic job with those characters. And again, they're not. They're kind of telling some of the origins, but they're telling stuff that we've never read before in regards to those origins.
4: Have you Have you guys been
3: reading the like
4: uh, DC Batman sixty six, Wonder Woman seventy seven, that kind of thing?
3: I I
1: read a few of the Batman sixty six. I thought they were pretty good.
3: I did not because I don't have any love for the Batman sixty six. I've been interested in the Wonder Woman one. They are going to be coming out with uh, X Men's going to do. They're going to do an X Men ninety two, which is yeah, it's already started the. The cartoon, and I've read the issues that have come out so far, and they've done a really good job of those. Okay, and those can those same thing. The issues of X Men '92, it was the characters you know in the the look that you know, and but new stories. It was stories I wasn't watching well, in the cartoon.
1: And Ryan, you've been gushing on a lot of the new Star Wars stuff too. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. You know, it, it's it's characters you know for the most part, other than what the Kanan or right. Kanan or whatever. Yeah. From, yeah, and you even, see what a big fan I am, and right?
3: <laughs> and even that if you're watching Rebels it's a character you know. So, yeah. um
4: so do you, uh, so just to kind of kind of en- encapsulate all this. As a fan, would you sum it up in the sense of what you really want is to find a property to start being published again and it literally feel like we found a bunch of stories that hadn't been published. Yeah. Yes. And it, and it just picks up where it left off.
3: Yeah. Because that's one of the things to to your thing with doing the Pink Panther. One of the things that got me excited when I saw some of the things that you're you're working on, some of the artwork that was there, was when I saw the Aardvark and the Ant. Like I loved those stories from the Pink Panther days, and I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna be able to read new stories of these two characters going up against each other and, and everything else, and. And, and working together and whatnot. So that got me excited to see that. And so that's, yeah, that's the type of stuff I'm looking for is I'm looking for these characters I know, but new stories. And like you said, maybe almost as if you pulled them out of a vault that, you know, Hey, these stories were, were out there. We just never got to tell them. So All right, let, let me ask you that one last one, one last
4: thing. Yeah. Specifically to pink Panther. Maybe I'm yeah. doing a little marketing research here. Sure. When, you look at the character of, of the inspector.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: So I don't know if you watched the cartoon when you were a kid oh, yeah. on TV. Yeah, They had the inspector, and he spoke, and it, he had a little partner that was called Doo-Doo. Yes. When you think of the inspector and what you want to see in a comic book version, do you think of the inspector from the TV show? Or do you think of the inspector in the version of Peter Sellers from the movie? I think of from the TV show because that's what I grew up with mostly. Is that is that what you would prefer to see in that in in that environment with the Panther?
3: I could honestly, I could be fine with either. Okay. So it, I think it's just whatever you want to go with. I would say that yeah, if I had if I had to choose between the two, I would go with the TV. But um, but like I said, since there is an establishment of the you know Peter Sellers then I you know I, if you went in that direction I would totally pick up on what you were doing so okay. John do you have
1: a you know it's funny I I don't <laughs> I know I watched those cartoons as a kid I don't remember them at all I just don't that's fine I guess I'm thinking I think I'm thinking if it's comic book make it to me you know even like the Gold Key comics they were more like the cartoon right I, and again I've read a few of those in the day but that was. That was many uh, many moons ago, so yeah. it's hard for me to say, you know. Again, I, but I think to your you know your question is yes. I just it needs to be compelling, and if you want to do something new, it needs to have enough tie to the stuff that you understand what's going on. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So again, you put chuckles from Cobra is not chuckles from the cartoon. It's not chuckles from the comic, who really never really got a lot of play in the comic. Right, but. You know, dude wearing Hawaiian shirts telling jokes. All of a sudden, he's a badass shooting his girlfriend in the head and, right. and spoilers and and you know and kicking ass and taking names. And You're like, holy cow! Different spin, but it was it the storytelling was so strong, it kept you engaged. And I, you know, again, I, you know, a few years ago, one of the issue the issue where he's where Hawk got the you know the the last letter. Yes. Uh, Chuckles last. That was my favorite comic of that entire year. That single yeah. story was my favorite. The best thing I read all year. Same and here. Again, it holds up.
3: So, And I think yeah. what I think what worked for that too, John, was the fact that there wasn't a whole lot of depth previous to that four-chuckle. So you were taking yes. a relatively yes. unknown character and, great and you were able to build on him. Whereas some of these characters that are already established, if you go anything too far outside of what people know of the character, then well, – then Let, you're, you're steering them away a little bit too much.
1: Let's call it because I know we're not doing comic reviews much anymore. Did you read Snake Eyes, Agent of Cobra?
3: I did. And? I never read it. Um, it? I agree with uh, – I had talked with Chuck about it, and I agree with his review. It started off very strong, and it kind of fell apart near the end, um, mm. so I, which was a little surprising because it was yeah. by Costa and – I think he normally does a really good job, but I think it started off a lot stronger than how it finished. Um, But that could have been too, you know, who knows, maybe he was told here's where the story needs to end, you know, here, here's where you need to have snake eyes at the end of this. Um, The other example too, to throw out there for you, Shannon, and I know we've, I've mentioned this to death in the past, but it's still a great example of it was the whole danger girl, Uh, G.I. Joe crossover issues to me that was taking the look and feel of the G.I. Joe cartoons Uh, but in a comic version like I was able to see their classic costumes and everything else and they acted the way I you know that I remember from the cartoon and everything but it was a new adventure with them it held the spirit of what I knew of those characters no pun intended with spirit there Um, but it (laughs) it T- was telling me new stories with them. So I had the nostalgia of what I knew of these characters. Um and then also just to throw in this too, because I don't know if you have plans for doing this, but you know, once you've established, you know, these these characters that everyone knows, you can then start introducing new characters. It's not like I'm opposed and I don't think anyone that I know is opposed to new characters being introduced that weren't there before. It's just when you're trying to introduce new characters, uh, like they're doing in the Voltron one right now, where it's like yeah, you got two pages of the characters you know, and the whole rest of the story is going to be about these characters you don't know, um, and that's what we want you to focus on and care about. Well, I don't care about these new characters, and it's going to be tough for me to care about these new characters because you have if you if they were focused on the old characters and introduced a couple of these new characters and helped me and see that they're part of this group and everything else and built up, built them up and everything. And now you're going to tell me stories with these new characters. Now I have a vested interest in caring about them. But when you put Voltron in the title and I'm expecting Keith and Hunk and Pidge and all of them to be in the story and they're in for two pages, then I get a little disappointed when, even if it's a good story, which like I said, it wasn't a bad story. But when I I'm reading it after that, I go, I don't really care about any of these characters. This is not why I bought this title. No, that makes sense. Uh-huh. So they have to ease them in. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I do hope that with you doing Pink Panther, you do have plans maybe to introduce some new characters because uh, it can. I'm sure it could get stale for you if you don't do that. So, um, and let's face it, all these characters at one time in Pink Panther or anything that we're talking about were new characters at to at some point. I mean, yeah. so. Um, but yeah, I'm, a, I'm actually very excited about you doing the pink panther and I've, I've seen the artwork that, you know, that, that you've had out there for, uh, the posters and stuff at Baltimore con and everything else. I assume that was your artwork on there. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, it took me back seeing that. So, um, and sometimes that's all it takes is just seeing something that looks like what I remember it looking like.
4: Well, that,
3: that's, that's what we're trying. That's what we're hoping to do. Yeah
4: and that's my approach to it is, is that it has been. And the problem is, is you're fighting with MGM and you're talking to people that are in their twenties that never grew up with the characters and they don't really understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is trying to educate them as much as trying to do something that you enjoy. Yeah. And the approach I've taken is, is that whole fault kind of concept of it's got to be a story that fits in with, the original characters or within the original series of cartoons that you just can't come out of left field with stuff. Right. It's kind of like the pink Pan- uh, my, my, I keep equating it to the like Teen Panther and sons. Yeah. I don't know if anybody watched that cartoon, but it was God awful. Yeah. You know, and it is the whole like, Oh, we want to revamp it and update it. So we're going to bring in an annoying little character like Scrappy dude. Right. And that's what kills the series. Yeah. Because I honestly, my approach has always been that people want to see stories that fit in with what happened before that they haven't seen. Right. They don't want a reimagining of everything.
3: Yeah. And it's good to, to put your own take on things and your own spin on things and everything else. But I'll give you an example of kind of what. Uh, and again to go back to the Voltron that's out there right now. To me it was like uh and to bring up a, a property that you know we all love which is the you know the Thundar of the Barbarian. It's like if they came out with a Thunder of the Barbarian comic and the first two, three pages had Thundar and Ukla and Ariel, and then after that they jumped ahead a hundred years and now we're we now here's these other characters living in the same world that Thundar did, but it's not Thundar in the group. And then the whole rest of the miniseries is about those characters, but they have the sun sword and that makes it about Thundar. Right. Exactly. That's
4: isn't, isn't, doesn't that seem like that's what everybody does? Yes. They take the one little device.
3: Yes. And they go, well, the character's got that device. So obviously it's the same universe. Right. You know what I mean? And like I said, you slap on the, on the, the cover Thundar the barbarian. And I'm like, well, Thundar is not even in this comic anymore. That's when you lose me as as a, a reader, because I'm like, you know what, this is, it's like a bait and switch almost. It's, this is not what I bought this for. Because that's always my fear, is like, someone's going to do Thundar the Barbarian, it's going
4: to be those two kids. Yeah. Remember the two kids yes. with the flying creature in that yeah. one episode <laughs> that was obviously intended to be a spinoff? Yeah. And it's like, that's going to be Thundar the Barbarian. Yeah. And I hated them then, and I hate them now. (laughs) And the only thing that could be worse is that Donna Mills character where she had the damn train that went to nowhere. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm talking
3: about? The train to nowhere? Yeah, sure.
4: Yeah. And they had her in two episodes. Yeah. It's like her in that fucking train.
3: Well, and that's, Who cares? and that's the thing too. Like I would love, you know, we've talked about before. I would love a thunder of the barbarian comic book, oh. but I want it to be done. Right. I want it to yeah. be, a, I want it to be further adventures of Thundar and Ookla yes. and Ariel. That's what I yes. want. <laughs> yes. I want to know why Ariel knows about
4: movies. Cause remember that? She's yes. like, Oh, it was a movie. It's like oh, a movie.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I want that
4: explanation.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And and that's and that's a fine thing to do too, is like things that were never explained on the show or yeah. things you could delve into a little bit more. I love it when that happens. Like I said, DC right now is doing with uh, has done with uh, He Man. Yeah. They've done it where they've gone back to King Randor's early days in like flashbacks, and they've shown like why Skeletor basically became who he became and everything yeah. else, like. It wasn't. It wasn't just clear cut. I'm evil, so I'm going to be Skeletor. It was. You know, I was wronged, and this is the trauma I went through, and because of it, now I'm this evil bastard. Um, So I did. They ever explain why that Christmas episode was so bad? (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) Was he always a skeleton man?
3: No, he was not. Okay. So. Um. And so. So that was the. Yeah. Why why did wait? Why did John sound like
4: uh, Tina Turner from? Mad Max, there for from a second. <laughs> Hello, skeleton Man. <laughs> Where did that we don't, come
3: from? I don't know, but we uh, don't need another. We don't need
1: another hero. Right. <laughs> it needs lots of young. <laughs> right. Thunder Dome.
4: <laughs> Two men enter, uh, one man leaves. <clears throat>
3: But to the to the point that we were talking about before, like if you had a Thundar the Barbarian comic and you had Thundar and Ukla and Ariel and maybe after the first story arc you bring in a new character that becomes part of the group, then I'm okay with it. But if you're doing it to get rid of Thundar and Ukla and Ariel, then don't do that because that's not what I want. That's, that's what I never
4: understand. Why even bother
3: doing a property
4: and then yeah. drop the focus of the property? Yeah. Makes no I don't sense. get that.
1: Does it's it like sometimes they, does it does, it, does it, sometimes does it involve licensing issues? So you know, let's let's use Micronauts for an example. It is not going to be the Marvel Micronauts because they don't have certain rights to certain characters that Marvel owns. Right. But the, is only, the only one I know of is, of it, is Bug. I,
3: right.
1: Well, Marionette too. Right. Yeah.
3: And Arct- really, and Arcturus Ron. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, there's
3: those maybe, characters I, I guess, were strictly it, Marvel characters. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I think there's several in... So again, you know, like Rom, Rom didn't really have, like the Dire Wraiths weren't. I guess are they considered Marvel property? I, I don't know no,
3: because I think I've those never were,
1: understood that stuff enough to know. Well, I di- guess the scanner saw them, right?
3: Yeah, the Dire Wraiths were part of the, the original rollout for the toy. So okay, yeah, so I think that they would be okay. They would be able to do the Dire Wraiths without any problem. Um, but yeah, to to your point though, John, they you know like like you said, Marionette, Arcturus, Ryan, and Bug. Were Marvel creations. They they were not part of the toy line. They were not part of you know. So they don't have the rights to that. Were a Croyer. He was the part of the toy line. So they have rights to do that. And Baron Karza. They have the rights to use Baron Karza. Um, but so so that that in mind, w- as a fan, what would you want them to do, knowing those restrictions? I would like them to at least try to and who knows, maybe there, there's legal issues with even doing this, but I would love it if they would try to at least bring characters in that represent those characters. Yeah, so, like, variations of those yeah. characters? Yeah, yeah. So it wouldn't be Marionette, it'd be Puppeteer or something. Right. stupid. <laughs> right. But a character that's like her, it doesn't have to have a yeah. similar name or anything like that, but a character, like, I, I would like to still have the princess who... Gets, you know, captured just like we covered in that first issue when we, you know, I still want her to have that similar background, but similar story, maybe similar personality and stuff like that. Um, You want to strip her. Okay. right, right. But the the uh, well, to give you an example, too, is like when we were talking about the Star Wars trailer, I feel like the reason this new Star Wars movie is working is because they're they're pulling on some of those archetypes that we are familiar with from the original trilogy. Yeah. And that's why some of these new characters are being embraced like they are, is because they're they feel a little bit familiar to us.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, and so I think that's what I want is I want since you can't use those exact characters, I want you to use characters that feel at least a little familiar to that. Fair point. Yeah. So.
4: But you. you but as a fan, you're you're willing to accept. Okay, I know you can't use Marionette. Yeah. So you're giving us a blonde character that wears a rainbow costume. Right. Who <laughs> is obviously like, you know, you're, you're it. You're trying. The artist formerly known as. Right. <laughs> yeah, okay.
3: You're at least giving me, I, like you're giving me a space adventurer that went out okay. into space and came back and found the world different than when he left it. That's, okay. that's kind of the things I'm looking for with that. I,
1: I'm just looking for a compelling story that, that goes somewhere. And again, is not and I know it, I, I have to get over the mindset of I can read one and dones Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, it, it's all written to a trade. But I'm telling you, you know, <laughs> taking six issues to go anywhere is it's just ridiculous. And I, I guess I struggle with people who want to read six issues or something. I guess if you sit it down and read it in a, you know an hour or forty five minutes or twenty minutes, however long it takes to read a twenty page comics anymore, it you know three or four of them put together. You know, Micronauts could be about a Croyer and Baron Carza in some type of battle of yeah. good versus evil. You could make up 15 new characters go around them. If it's an interesting story, at least I know a Croyer and yeah, and I don't walk in saying I'm not looking you know, I'm not, – I'm not walking in going I'm not getting Ron and I'm not getting yeah. Marionette and what have you. You know, G.I. Joe, it was, okay, I know these characters. They're not doing anything. They're sitting around jerking off for lack of a better word. Uh, you know, and they give them silly code names, or they have code names and they don't call them that. Yeah, you know, there's, nobody there's nobody named Maine's. There's nobody named Maine's in GI Joe.
4: Yeah, Robert,
1: it, it sounds silly. <laughs> you know, May, you know, Maine. Come on, Maine's. No, come on. Let's let's. I, f- I just feel like we're, it lost. I feel like I've, I've beaten a dead horse yeah. here, but, you know. I, I just you know. feel
3: like when it comes to Joe, like I said, I just feel like it's that they lost their way. Because, like I said, when G.I. Joe first came out for IDW, I thought they were doing a stellar job. I thought the stories were compelling. I thought the direction was, was excellent. And then somewhere along the way, they were like, okay, now where do we go with this? And they didn't have an answer for that, and they didn't know where to go with it. And I think that's where it was like, okay. And then that's when you started getting the stuff like, okay uh, Venditti's run where it was like it wasn't bad but it was so different from what we were reading before yet it was still continuing the story of those characters and then we had um, – uh, was it Kathy afterwards or uh, – Travis.
1: Travis. I didn't see. I, didn't re- I haven't even read that stuff yeah. because Hertz, I didn't care. At yeah. that point, I did not care.
3: Well, and again, the, her the, story was really good. But again, it was such a different take from Venditti's, but you're still using characters you're, from You're there. Van, Van, Van Linty, not Van, Van Linty. Linty. sorry. Van, Van, Van Linty. yeah.
1: And it's interesting because Venditti – Well, Venditti is a it's different It's a little Diddy. Diane uh, I, 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 I give I gotta give van Lenny credit that guy is picking up like every property book yeah. you can think of I think he's get, is he working on Assassin's Creed now yes. I think yes you know Jacob's all into that so he's excited about that coming out but um, but again that story started strong and then it didn't go anywhere yeah and then all of a sudden you had this whole thing about Cobra and you know in in indoctrinating these kids and the guy wants to kill his mother and he says or oh, if you if you don't leave right now I'm gonna kill you if you ever come back and then it's just done it's yeah. gone yeah. It's like, well what what a letdown because that was kind of interesting, yeah. especially when I started out with the social media twit and that garbage that you know when that yeah. first start started going. So yeah.
3: But yeah, Venditti was the uh is a uh Green Lantern creator, so ah, yeah so, so that's he
1: he did uh surrogates, right? Didn't he write surrogates?
3: Uh, I don't know, I didn't read that one. So he may have. That's the
1: one that, that's the one Bruce Will the Bruce Willis movie about yes. the people. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. he wrote that. Okay. And, it, a little, and he's a val- he words on Valiant now. Yes, he does. Yeah. Where's Michael Myers when we need him? So
4: yeah,
1: A little side story. Yeah. So
4: I'm at the Library of Congress, and I'm walking through the archives with Bill Watterson. And I was asking him, I was like, well, what did you think of the, the Steve Ditko Spider-Man stuff? And he goes, you know, I was never into comic books. He goes, because I bought a Spider-Man when I was a kid. I was like, oh, okay. Well, what happened? He goes, it didn't end i was like well what are you talking about he goes i got to the end of the issue and it was continued and i was really upset about that <laughs> and i go well you you know that's the kind of concept of a comic book is that you have to keep going with it he's like yeah but i was really upset <laughs> and he goes and then i bought the second issue i was like okay i'm gonna buy the second issue And i got the second issue and i'm like okay they're gonna finish this and it didn't end <laughs> And I go, well, yeah, they, they kind of do that. And he goes, yeah, it was four issues in before they finished the story. And I go, yeah, did he catch the guy? And he's like, yeah, but it still didn't end. <laughs> and he goes, that's when I gave up on comic books. <laughs> that's funny. I was like, well, wow. I'm, I'm sorry we lost you as a reader. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, Bill Watterson was not a big comic book fan.
3: Nice. So a few things I, I just wanted to mention just to throw out there since we mentioned Assassin's Creed there there are some titles that are coming out very soon just kind of related to different properties uh out there um and as I thought it was worth mentioning uh I don't know if you guys saw that uh Dynamite's going to be doing a James Bond comic nice um No so that starts in I think November uh issue 2 comes out in November and issue th- or issue 1 comes out in November issue 2 comes out in December not
1: not tied to Spectre
3: no, no, I don't think it's tied to Spectre at all.
1: Interesting, um, okay.
3: It's a whole cool. whole new, unique take. Um, and then uh, you mentioned Assassin's Creed as the comic coming out. Um, is,
4: that, is that Titan?
3: Yes, yes. Titan Comics, okay. yep. Yeah. And then uh, Devil's Do. this cracked me up, they have Zen... Uh, comic coming out. I don't know if you remember Zen, which was... Zen
1: the Intergalactic Ninja?
3: Yes. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Holy cow. So, I think issue cool. one... Is ar- I think issue one is already out, possibly. Um, is it, it going to co-star uh, the Fat Ninja? I
4: don't know. Does anybody remember that one? <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, my God.
1: Wow. Zen, Zen. I haven't thought about Zen the Intergalactic Ninja in 25 years. Yeah. Holy-
3: Nineteen eighty. So they are doing that. Uh, there is gonna be a new Laura Croft uh, miniseries coming out from Dark Horse, which seems like it's more of the grown up uh, Laura Croft instead of the kid Laura Croft that they were doing there for a little while. And then uh, you know, uh, of course, uh, Larry Hama's is doing the Call of Duty Black Ops for the video. That's why his script was late. Yep, again. <laughs> and then uh, did you guys see that there's gonna be a Batman Ninja Turtles uh, crossover? I did coming out, so I'm looking forward to that, and just seeing what that's like. Um, I think that was pretty much it. Oh, there is another uh, Knight Rider trade that's going to be coming out <laughs> of oh, Night Strikes. So, is it K N I G H T? It is. Oh, of
1: course.
3: And, th- and they're finally actually calling him Kit. So.
1: Oh, cool. Okay.
3: What, what's he driving now? Uh, I think it's 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 just like a, a more. Modern-looking version of the same car. <laughs> it's just like a, a slick sports car. I don't think it's like so an. So it's actual, not. It's not like a Fiat 500 or something. Yeah, it's not. I don't think they actually like specified
4: what type of car it is. It's, that would be funny if it was a Fiat. <laughs> okay. That would be funny. And then the other title I wanted to mention. It's indestructible, but it bounces around like you hit <laughs> it because it's so small. It just kind of bounces like
3: a the the only other title i wanted to mention that was coming out just cuz i thought it was interesting and i i do like his writing is uh uh tom king has a book uh comic coming out 8 issue mini series called sheriff of babylon and it's a vertigo title uh and it's basically like a it's, it's pretty much following his adventures in when he was in the cia or at least it, i shouldn't say that it's it's more it, but it's like inspired by his well, time with the cia
1: Interesting because I, as I understand it, and Tom's not here to defend himself. Yeah. Tom has told me on a couple of occasions that he has written three books, obviously, or novels, you know, book yeah. books. Once Cry of the Sky, obviously, which has been published. Hmm. A second book, which I believe that's the one he says is the greatest thing he's ever written. And this third one, which I think is what has now become this Vertigo series. Okay. Again, I know he's not here to defend himself. I believe that's what I understood him to tell me. Okay. I also thought it was interesting. This is uh, Mitch Gerard's yes. follow-up to Punisher. So it's interesting he has gone from working with Edmondson on the Activity, which was a CIA Fantastic book, one. kind of the, you know, great book. Um and, and and going from Nathan, who has a lot of seems to understand or have some knowledge of what's going on in those right. worlds, to actually working with someone that did it in the world in those worlds. Yeah. know it's it's interesting and i'll be i i I will pick that up as well i am curious to see
3: and i wanted to mention this specifically because not only do i like tom king's writing but also with mitch gerard's being on it um and i knew your love of the activity i loved it also um and i actually loved uh edmondson and gerard's being on uh uh the punisher i thought that was fantastic uh a great run of that character so so, yeah, I'm looking forward to the Sheriff of Babylon because of, of the, the creative team that's on it. So um, so that's everything I have. Do you guys have anything else you wanted to mention before we call it a night?
2: Nope. Okay,
3: cool. Let me, uh, Shannon, why don't you go tell people where they can find your stuff? Uh, you can look for me on the web at
1: simplyslgallant.com. Cool. And, John, how can they find you? You can find me on Facebook. And on Twitter, it's that John Thurmond. Uh, I'm going to uh, once again shill for the Virginia Comic Con coming up the weekend before Thanksgiving. So I believe it's the 21st and 22nd. It's the Saturday and Sunday before Thanksgiving. Uh, again, we're going to have Bob Gale, the writer of uh, Back to the Future. And the night before, the Friday night before the show starts Saturday, we're doing a special event at a local old movie theater. We're going to show the trilogy you get the trilogy with Bob Gale in attendance and a limited edition comic book with a cover that's only going to be available to people that attend the event for 20 bucks. Nice. That's unheard of. That's crazy, right? Yeah. So then the actual show, will have Bob Gale, Marina Sirtis from, uh, Star Trek next generation, Walter Jones from power Rangers. Uh, a lot of creators, uh, people we know, Brian Shearer and the tsunami studios guys will be up here, uh, for sure. And, uh, I think Alex Saviak, who did some work on Sp- Spider Man, among many other things over the years, uh, will be coming in. Justice uh, League. Uh, yeah, Justice League 2, and actually did some pinups for G.I. Joe uh, later run in Marvel. Nice. Uh, I talked to him about that at one point way back when. But uh, but anyhow, uh, great show. There'll be quite a few Star Joe's associated people there, uh, besides me. Uh, Grubb will be in attendance, JP should be there. Keith Knutson will be there at least for a bit, I'm sure. Nice. But uh, highly recommend. It's a, it's a good time. It's one of the best values from a, a ticket perspective out there. So that's going to be vacomicon.com for more information to pick up those tickets.
3: And I will be sending you my $20, too.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Because yeah, we're going to have two different Back to the Future variant covers. Okay. Uh for sale. So maybe I'm sending you forty dollars. Well, and and I will try to set. I can. I will. I will do my damnedest to get you set up with at least one Bob Gale autograph. Because I appreciate you know, being that. the talent liaison. I get uh, again as we talked about earlier. And if and, and for the record, if you are a IDW board poster or a his, his tank board poster, and you don't agree with me, that is your right. That's your opinion, and I respect that. Sure. I'm not going to read your stuff anymore. You don't have to listen to this show anymore. We'd hate to lose you as a listener. But if you don't agree with me, that's your prerogative. But uh, having said that, again, VA vaconcom dot <laughs> I, think, and, I uh, think we
3: get more man. people listening to us that don't agree with us than those that yes. agree with us. So,
1: and I appreciate being called the everyman, yes. because that is I've been called yes. many things. And and oh, earlier yeah. when you thought I sounded like Tina Turner, maybe it's because the lady thought I looked just like her husband, and she was black. <laughs> <laughs> she pointed out to me so eloquently. Uh, yes, it's it's been a mighty fun i it's been great to get back together cuz it's been way too long since we recorded last yeah
3: absolutely yes. yeah and it, it definitely won't go that long again as i would that's what I, I heard last time I well hey, I had a lot of fun things I was doing, and I'll admit it was all fun stuff. I went to a Notre Dame game I went blah,
4: blah, blah.
3: went to Baltimore con and then I went down to Florida and then I was sick for a week, so so I shouldn't Aww. say it was all fun stuff but.
1: well we did we did record in that time
3: yes, we did big
1: big ups to grub again for for being such a kind host yes and for his wife for putting up with uh that many grown yes. men being in her house speaking yes, out about stuff and uh yeah,
3: absolutely so. um I also wanted to throw out there. Uh, as far as promoting stuff uh, that uh, of of a podcast of a listener of ours. uh, Scott Kruger, who has communicated with the show many times in the past, uh, he's doing a podcast called Nerds with Attitude Podcast. And uh, I've listened to a few episodes. I would never promote a show without having listened to it myself and uh it's fun it's just it's a, just like us it's a group of guys that get together to to talk nothing, about very things like us things. well that's true uh <laughs> but they just talk about geeky things they started it off as a group that got together anyways to talk about toys and collecting and stuff like that and now they get together just to talk about anything geek related uh not just toys uh and uh they decided to start recording it and uh I've listened to the pod the first few episodes of the podcast and it's a lot of fun so Check them out. Like I said, they're just called Nerds with Attitude. So uh, very easy to find on iTunes. Um, let me go ahead and give our information out. You can find us at StarJoes.com. You can find us at uh, on Facebook. We have a fan page, which is where I post like various news articles. And then we have a group page where you can request to be part of the group. And the second I see that you request it, I approve it. And you can post your own stuff or comment on things that you see. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I, I should join that at some point, shouldn't I? Uh, I think I added you already. Right. Did you? Yeah. Okay, good. I think you're in there already. You just... Am I a fan? You should be. Okay. <laughs> you have to just participate. That's all. Do I? Yeah. Mm. It'd be nice every once in a while. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we have like people like Rafael Sands and Carlos Carmona who post stuff all the time on there, uh, which I think is pretty awesome. So. Um, And then you can also call and leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-J-O-E-S. And you can leave a voicemail, and we can react to it. Uh, I don't know if anyone will ever come up with something as funny as the Bo Jackson reference, but, hey, you're welcome to try. It's brilliant. You don't know Bo. (laughs) 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 And uh, let's see. You can email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com, and we will read those on the air. I did have... An email from uh, someone, but I didn't read it this episode i'll wait till I'll wait till Robert's on the episode with us oh, okay. um is that a love letter? No, it's not a love letter. Oh. Can I write a love letter? <laughs> you can write a love letter, sure to Robert
4: sure, sister, sure, <laughs> and we'll read it on the air and, and then and then Dave Johnson can beat me up. <laughs>
3: Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at Star Joe's Podcast, and I believe that is everything. Uh, oh, you can also find us on GeekCast Radio as well as on iTunes, um, and you can also find us on uh, Stitcher Radio. It's a free app for your mobile devices, and you can make Star Joe's one of your favorites on there. Uh, please leave us an iTunes review. We have not had one in God knows how long, and I and we we need to get some reviews in here, bump us up there. And uh, it gets more exposure for the show, so I appreciate everyone that's left a review. And I please ask that you, uh, if you haven't left a review, that you do so now. Uh, like right now. Like pause the Just episode minute. and leave a Don't review. Don't do anything else. Right, exactly. Um, with that, that's that's everything I have. Uh, with that, we'll go ahead and close the show by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing go us is half the battle. And take care, everyone. Bye. Did you guys see about that? No. Yeah. So they yeah. did um, on the day after Back to the Future Day. Yeah. Uh, USA Today had a special edition that came out that looked like the newspaper that came out in Back to the Future 2. Oh, where that's funny.
4: Oh, was that the one where you
3: got arrested? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So thought that was pretty cool.
4: I saw everybody posting that, but I didn't know why. I didn't actually see the,
3: yeah. the actual post. When I went, I stopped at the uh, store uh, by where I live, after I found out about it, it was after work, so it was already sold out. Uh, but
1: well, the, the show promoter here in town got a bottle of that Pepsi next. Nice. <laughs> so he, he paid twenty dollars for that bottle. Yeah, that's oh,
3: ridiculous.
1: Yeah. And they're going to make more apparently in November. Oh wow! Because people are I, wow, well, I don't get it. So I, I I vote for just talking about whatever the hell we want to talk about and. Yeah, Shannon, you, if you, Shannon. If you want, I mean, you could talk about your American mythology stuff. If you I, can, you talk about it,
3: or is that? I
1: don't know. As far as I know,
3: yeah. Okay. You were you were at Baltimore talking about it, so. <laughs> yeah.
1: well, I thought you well, could talk about that. I could go on my IDW rant, and
3: uh, <laughs> well, I'm more interested in hearing that. <laughs> well, and then I also have. Uh, if we need any material, I also had printed off because I was planning on trying to do a previews episode. Um. And so I have like what's coming out in December and stuff like that, as far as what titles are coming out and stuff. Well,
4: um, I wasn't I wasn't trying to be no, you're pushy fine. about the whole Robert thing with the writers. I just no, I mean, I, and don't worry, I'm no, I just, I, I'm gonna give I, you shit during the episode for it. So no, but a, I'm I just, just saying, I, I think people <laughs> would want to hear his his take on that. Oh yeah, Even I just
1: though thought, I, was, I thought you were trying to back out because you'd had or, had one too, bottle too many or something. <laughs> wanna get no. <laughs>
3: No, I'm t- no, I'm totally fine with that. Um, it doesn't that stuff doesn't bother me at all. Okay. Chuck like to used to pretend like it used to bother me, but um, but that was more of his shtick than it actually bothering me. How is Chuck talked to him lately? Yeah, so um, okay. I did talk to him. Well, God, well I've been we are in a group text together with like yeah. uh, Travis. Is that like therapy? S- yes. <laughs> with uh, Travis and Sam and Nick and. Sure. Uh, so we talk every day that way, um, but I have to still go out and actually like physically see him sometimes, because it hasn't been since before Baltimore that I saw him. So You um, have to sign in at the desk and all that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have to walk through the metal detector and, and everything. So. <laughs> no metal objects. Right. Well, because it's more than likely anything he's going to say, I'm going to want to kill him for it, so... Whoa. <laughs> Come on. You heard us banter before.
4: <laughs> oh, I, th- I thought maybe something else had happened. Oh, no. no. So, no- is nobody like my Keith Knudsen joke about the whole like.
1: Oh, I did. Yeah, oh, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I was like, did I get the wrong
4: guy?
3: No, no, no. You got the right guy. Oh, oh, you okay. got
1: the right guy. It's just, I it's just almost so old hat. <laughs> it's
3: not a joke it's anymore. It's such a running,
1: running gag.
3: No, for me, it was. Let's text. Goodness, I was,
1: what? Are you taping up your groin or something with that?
4: <laughs> no, that's me. I was going through a pencil case. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I
1: figured it was something.
3: Okay. No, I couldn't. Uh, Sorry in text because I was uh, a lot because I was at work. So uh, by the time I got to see your, job... I joke, was at work. Well, I understand that, but your job and my job is a little <laughs> different. <laughs> my job doesn't really let me have phone my use my phone on the in the department.
4: Because
3: so. <laughs> wow. we're dealing with well, we're dealing with credit cards and stuff like that. So uh, for people's payments, so that's kind of against uh, regulations that you, you, can't, <coughs> you can't use your phone within the actual department area. So. Um,
1: so okay so we do want we want to talk about baltimore yeah yeah and we're going to talk about the drunk guy which by the way i have pictures i should send them to you (laughs) do you really it's of you pretending to be him and rubbing like Brian's face (laughs) when we left the bar nice (laughs) great
3: Definitely. You really,
1: and you like touching Brian and
3: yeah, I need that picture, John.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'll send it to you. No one needs that picture. Well, there's two and one you're like hunched over, like you're going to hurl. And then the other one, you're going to do that. But okay. So we'll talk about uh, Baltimore and then, then what do you want to talk about? talk about Star about
3: the, Wars preview. I assume you both have seen the trailer,
1: but please don't, please don't wait. They're making not, a movie. <laughs> I, w- I, w- I make one request: Let's not talk about Rilo Ken, Luke Skywalker. Oh no, at any length because I don't.
3: No, what? because I don't believe that that's the case anyway. Because so. the
1: theory what? The, the, the the theory is that Rilo Ken, is Luke Skywalker, and that's why they haven't shown him in the previews. Also and, known as Kylo, who's, Come Rilo, on. who's Rilo Ken? Is that the that's the the Darth Vader Sith? new Darth Vader? Yeah, yeah,
3: okay. yeah Except his name. I didn't Kylo. know he had a name already. Yeah, his name's Kylo Ren actually. Oh well,
1: there you go. So then, see, <laughs> it shows how much I know. <laughs> What is I'm his name?
3: Kylo Ren. So K Y L O R. K Y. Yeah. R, <laughs> R-, R- E N.
1: See, I think they listen to Rilo Kylie. Yeah, see, there's a deep dig. Either one of you know who that is. Probably no. not. <laughs> so it's like because they named the one after the Beastie Boys about L O Nasty. Oh, so that's okay. hilarious. I, b- I bet you that's what it is. I bet I'm the only person that knows who Rilo Kylie <laughs> is to know that they that's who they're it referencing. Could be. could be. Sounds like a redneck. <laughs> uh, it's a fan, Jenny. Lu- oh. Jenny Lewis, eighties tie-in. Jenny Lewis, who was the little girl in the Wizard, yeah. and in Troop Beverly Hills with Shelley Long, who is now a solo act, was in Rilo Kiley. So, oh. wow. But
3: the the yeah. Kylo Ren does sound like a redneck, though. Doesn't it? Though go- I mean, it doesn't. It Kylo Ren. Like- <laughs> <laughs> doesn't it? Yes.
1: All right, we I- need to. Put I'm that gonna that get in. all sith go- on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's going in the outtakes. <laughs> yes.
3: I'll put it at the end
4: of the episode. (laughs) It's like the end of Mystery Science Theater. Yes.